Every single one is dead. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, September 1st, 2022. This is your award-winning Kimo Nation Media Assassination, episode 1482. This is No Agenda. Trusting the mice and broadcasting live from the heart of the Texas Hill Country here in FEMA region number six in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley where we have a motto. Don't become an executive at a uh, Russian oil company. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Oh, did something bad happen to somebody? Yeah, the chairman of Luke Oil. Uh-oh, uh, uh-oh. Uh, accidentally fell off of a uh, a balcony uh, at a hospital uh, while smoking. Oh, no. He went out to smoke and it fell off the balcony and died. I mean, oh, no. <laughs> How do these, you've got to wonder, how do these things happen? Coincidentally, he was against the Ukrainian, uh, uh, oh, he was against, against, the, against the regime. He wasn't, he was, uh, yeah, he, was he anti? said something, yeah, he oh. said something negative, and that was well, that. Well, these are not good things to do. This is very bad. Very I don't know bad. why these guys haven't got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> it just baffles me. You know, a lot of, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because someone sent me um, a clip. And um, when was I in Glenbeck? Back in March, I think. Yeah, March, March fifth, twenty twenty two. And I, did you see any of that interview? Probably. Yeah, not. I saw quite a yeah. bit of it. Oh, okay. So he brought something. But up. I was more. Con- I was more kind of interested in the aftermath, where he goes on and on about you being his his brother. Yeah, I haven't heard much from him since. <laughs> hey, hey, just like a real brother. Yeah, exactly. When I email him, he does email back, but that's about it. Um, he said something in that in that interview, which at the time didn't register with me. I had no idea who he was talking about, but it's kind of telling. Well, in, if, evaluate maybe for yourself. Um, let's see. We'll go back to uh, March uh 2022 and he brings up alexander dugan the guy whose daughter was just uh blowed up have you have you read any alexander dugan no let me recommend you read the fourth mm-hmm. political theory he fact in fact just wrote another one um that's just out and it's about the great reset versus something else um and he is somebody who's extraordinarily dangerous mm-hmm. um but He's using the language. He is appealing to the big government people, and he's using religion, the homeland, Mm -hmm. our families, our children. He's using, and you will read probably, I don't know, half the book, and you'll go, I agree with half of this mm-hmm. you know that's always the tricky part right, right? the yeah. other half is insa- mm-hmm. insanity mm-hmm. um he's a big he's the guy who uh, was behind uh, the crimea uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. invasion and putin strangely was using a lot of his language when he was talking about the russian empire so what does this tell us about beck that in march he was bringing up dugan and how dugan is kind of like you know he uses words like homeland, you know, clearly pointing towards Dugan being a bad guy, but a good guy at the same time. I don't know. It just that struck me. I didn't register at all when we were talking yeah. on the show. Well, nobody ever heard of this Dugan before this happened. This is what, but this, uh, but this is way before this happened. That's the point. What, why yeah. was Glenn Beck being, bringing it up? It could be just a coincidence, but Beck is one of those guys who's always been kind of plugged into some, uh, mm. 
underground of information. <laughs> That's what you remember when he used to be at Fox and he had right. he set up these, put people's names all over a blackboard and they start drawing arrows and they start going from here to there to here to there. Of course, they always end up with Soros at the end of it. <laughs> and rightfully so. And maybe Dugan's got something to do with Soros. Ah, there you go. Which might be worth looking into. There you go. Well, we do have, uh, let me see, this is a, um, we have a little update on Ukraine. Might as well stick here while we're at it. Turning overseas now amid fierce fighting in southern Ukraine, international nuclear inspectors are set to take a first-hand look at Europe's largest nuclear power plant, which has been rattled in fighting in recent weeks, sparking fears of a major disaster. The inspectors met today with President Zelensky, who called the nuclear plant a top priority for the safety of Ukraine and the world. <laughs> I like how they, they say, and Ukraine and the world. Whereas if that thing blows up, and, and, and I still haven't heard from Atomic Rod, I'd like to know if that, I mean, is it so that a nuclear power plant, by definition, will blow up and, and create a cloud no. if, if it's a bomb? I, I don't think so. I really don't. It's just one of these, like, okay. I have some clips on this thing. Uh... By the way, you seem a little overclipped today. You know, it was one of those things I didn't expect this. Mm-hmm. I clip until I've until the box of clips fills up. And then you decided to fill up another one. Well, it was an accident. <laughs> That's okay. It was Let's just surprising. Play, uh, you, uh, Ukraine nuke plant loses power. A team of UN experts is in southern Ukraine to inspect a nuclear complex that's been shelled for weeks. NPR's Frank Langfitt has more from Odessa. The inspectors are traveling from Kyiv through mostly Ukrainian-controlled territory to the Zaporizhia power plant in southern Ukraine. However, Russian forces control the plant, and the team will have to cross the war's front lines to get there. The Russian-installed occupation government, which is not internationally recognized, said it would not issue the team a pass today, and the group would arrive at the plant Thursday. The International Atomic Energy Agency says the team will look at safety systems, assess damage, and check on the conditions under which the Ukrainian workers operated. Last week, fighting temporarily cut power to the facility. Operators then used diesel generators to keep water pumping to cool the reactor cores to prevent a meltdown. Wait a minute. So the nuclear reactor needs power to that, run? <clears throat> you heard the exact same thing I did. That was, that's weird. Like the a, nuclear nuclear plant creates power. Yeah. Shouldn't, doesn't it? Yeah. Can't you just put that into the input? For, for, Wouldn't you think? <laughs> it uh, sounds reasonable. Huh. Well, um... I, I have a couple of clips I need to get out of the way because I think that if we look at the EU and what has happened now and what has been announced there in the past week, we can look forward to this uh, happening worldwide. And nothing exemplifies it better than the German foreign minister who was discussing the commit, her commitment, her personal commitment, not that of the voters, but her personal commitment to Ukraine, whatever it takes. Listen to this. But if I give the promise to people in Ukraine, we stand with you as long as you need us. 
then I want to deliver, no matter what my German voters think, but I want to deliver to the people of Ukraine. And this is why, for me, it's important to be always very frank and clear. And this means every measure I'm taking, I have to be clear that this holds on as long as Ukraine needs me. We are facing now a winter time where we will be challenged as democratic politicians. People will go on the street and say, we cannot pay our energy prices. And I will say, yes, I know, so we help you with social measures. But I don't want to say, okay, then we stop the sanctions against uh, Russia. We will stand with Ukraine, and this means the sanction will stay also in wintertime, even if it gets really tough for po- politicians. I love how she's worried about how tough it's going to be for politicians with people rioting on the streets. She doesn't even see what that means. And she, and she says it blatantly. I, you know, what does she say when she says, I don't care what you voters think? Yeah, no, listen, it's right in the beginning. Yeah, that's what she says. But if I give the promise to people in Ukraine, we stand with you as long as you need us. Then I want to deliver, no matter what my German voters think, but I want to yeah. deliver to the people of Ukraine. <laughs> what she's basically said is that I'm, I'm, we're, whatever we have to do for Ukraine, screw you Germans. Yeah. That's exactly what it. What the hell kind of a, a leadership do they have over there? How did the Germans put up with this? Oh, the Germans are, uh, they're beyond repair. And, and I think in general, every country is beyond repair. They, they don't know the mechanism to stop the insanity. They think they voted for people who will stop it. Or, and, you know, the, the only resort is, as this woman says, even when people are on the streets. Well, that's, and she won't care even when people are on the streets amazing to me so but this is by directive this is coming from the top and queen ursula had a prime time speech this week did you see any of uh, ursula von der Leyen's speech laying it all not. out i have three clips um and i think we should go through them uh, she is very clear where we stand what we're doing and what is coming next she actually will tell us what is coming next and it's one of our old friends so let's start off queen ursula at the um this was the bled forum not quite sure where that is sounds like a scotland or ireland thing i don't know where the bled forum is um and here she is uh laying out the 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 situation as it is today this year's headline perfectly sums up the most relevant question of our times will the rule of power replace the power of rule and i believe that the answer to this question boils down to one line what could it be yeah yeah go ahead there's no such thing as the rule of power so how can it be replacing the power of rule which is even more stupid what is she talking about oh (laughs) hey just put a little She's just making stuff up yeah you know, the rule of power just the put, power of rule the, the power, power of rule, of rule. <laughs> that would be i would say might be a, 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 t- a spin off of uh uh power of law or something yeah, like that yeah that's yeah that's lawful what yeah the power of rule i mean the power of rule isn't that a ruler a rule like a queen like ursula or some other queen the power of rule uh, 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 you're right. Dictatorship is what she's That's, talking about. Yes, now we got it. It's the power of rule. And I believe that the answer to this question boils down to one line. Okay. It all depends on the power of democracy. Oh. 
It all depends on our capacity to uphold fundamental principles, to resist aggression, Aha. to protect our values and our friends. Uh-oh, here it goes. It is no understatement to say that the world has been watching our response to Russia's aggression very ah, closely. There it is. First two minutes of the speech. The stakes are clear to everyone. Yes. At the beginning of this year, Russia and China have openly declared a so-called unlimited friendship. Uh-huh. And only weeks later, Russia launched its war against Ukraine. Weeks later. Listen to this. That's her timeline now. First, they, they got together with China. We, so, alert, alert. We got a problem with China. And then weeks later, as if planned... Because of their union, not because of anything else NATO did or, or Zelensky said about nuclear weapons. No, no, no. Or, or 2014 or us going into Ukraine and no. causing a coup. Yeah, that was, we, that, was, that was all Alexander it Dugan. It doesn't count. No, no it doesn't okay. count. It doesn't count. That was all Putin, Dugan, Dugan, Putin. The message couldn't be more explicit. Yes. So if we are to preserve basic principles, oh. such as self-determination, and the inviolability of borders. Putin... How about about freedom of speech? How about freedom of movement? There's a couple other things she left out of there, but she only gives us a couple things. Such as self-determination. Okay. And the inviolability of borders. Okay. Putin cannot win this war. And Ukraine (laughs) must win this war. It's clear. Putin cannot win this war. This is absolutely clear. Hold on. Yes. Yes. I'm surprised she doesn't. I think something's like this. Putin cannot win this war if we have to kill every Ukrainian. Seems that way. Every single one is dead. We're not going to let Putin win this war. That's right. That's pretty much what she's saying. And not win this war. And Ukraine must win this war. This is absolutely clear. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Ursula. Thank you, Queen. The elites agree. We agree. Bravo, 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 bravo. And this is why we have mobilized our economic might like never before. Really? In a matter of days and weeks, we have Ah. approved the most far-reaching sanctions ever implemented. And the sanctions are causing colossal damage to the Kremlin's ability to wage war. Putin himself has admitted it. Oh, And the damage will only grow over time. Ah, damage. Besides this, we have supported financially Ukraine with more than 10 billion euros since the beginning of the war. And I'm not including the bilateral support of our member states. And we are working on the next tranche. Oh, the next tranche. More has to come for Ukraine. This is very clear, my message to our member states. That's right. Forget about your people freezing because we don't care what the voters want. No, no, we must win Ukraine. This is where the money's going. And we used, for the first time ever, resources from the European budget on military equipment to sustain Ukraine's brave defense effort. Well, I thought they would never have a war, like an army or anything like that. Now they have a military budget that's an EU military budget? Mm-hmm. what she said. Yeah. We will support Ukraine as long as it takes. We are doing it for Ukraine. 
We are doing this to uphold our European values. But we are also doing this to show to Russia and the world that breaking internationally shared rules comes with a massive cost. That has to be very clear. This effort must come together with a new European strategic thinking. Aha, here we go. Ah. A new strategic thinking, and there's a plan attached to it, but first we have to call it for what it is. This effort must come together with a new European strategic thinking. And today I would like to pin down three of its main tenets. You want to hanker a guess there? Want to take the first one right off the top? No, I can't even, I haven't got a clue where she's going. First, to defend the rule of law and the rule-based order over time, (laughs) we must neutralize Russia's blackmail ability and strengthen (laughs) our own capabilities to act. They're blackmailing us. We We have to strengthen our capability so Russia can't blackmail us. We could say the same thing about China here. Hell yeah. Second, They're blackmailing us. We can't even put together anything. Nothing. Everything we have without parts from China. Yeah. We must support democracies that are most exposed to foreign threats. And I'm not only thinking about Ukraine, but also about the Western Balkans. Uh-huh. And third, Stand by. Balkans on deck. That's going to be fun. We must also look Does further. Does she mention Taiwan in this? Uh, no, no. And by no, the way, no. Taiwan's much more of a democracy than Ukraine. No, she doesn't care about that. No, she, that's our job. That's U.S., that's Nancy, that's Joe. They divided it up. You know, she's, she's closest to the fire. She's got to make sure everybody shivers this winter to help Ukraine because Putin cannot win this war. We must also look further to global geopolitical shifts and use our economic might to preserve and expand the rules-based global order. What economic might do they have? I mean, are you serious? What is the economic might of the European Union? I think it's the third or fourth biggest economy. I mean, it's... But what's their might? It's not manufacturing, so it's 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 consumers. Their consumer might, yeah. Yeah, consumer might. Okay, just checking. They do some farming. They do a lot of farming. They make wine. Not for long. Point means primarily... Ending our dependence on dirty Russian fossil fuels. Ooh, dirty Russian. Do you hear this? Dirty, dirty Russian foreign fuels. How is it dirty? It's dirty. Uh, I think implied in this is two things. One, you know, it's killing the earth. And two, blood money. There's blood money on that, that dirty oil. My first point means primarily... When you say, by the way, when you say our- dirty oil, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's redundant. It, it's, no, it's not. <laughs> it's a very specific term to uh, to uh, accuse crude oil of being very high in sulfur compounds. That's what it means. And it's a pain in the ass to deal with it because you end up with mounds of sulfur because you have to extract all the sulfur. And that's what Russia has. Russia has this. Uh, this not type that of I crude. know. I, I thought their stuff was pretty pretty close to Texas. I didn't think it was dirty. And maybe she it's, just means dirty blood money. No, Putin. she can't possibly. Then, no, nah. she's not that stupid. Yes, she is. To global geopolitical shifts and use our economic might to preserve and expand the rules-based global order. 
My first point means primarily ending our dependence on dirty Russian fossil fuels. Yes. Brava, brava. We love you, Queen Ursula. And our work here is well underway. Okay. We are diversifying our supplies at lightning speed. The gas supplies from sources other than Russia has increased by 31 billion cubic meters since January this year. Mm -hmm. And this compensates by now the Russian cuts of gas supply to Europe. Oh, okay. We're also cutting substantially our need of imported gas because we have to prepare for potential full disruption of Russian gas. Uh And for this, we have asked member states to reduce the gas consumption by 15% and save it to the storage. We knew this. That can save up to 45 billion cubic meter of natural gas. And ultimately, the best... Does that mean anything to you? Because it doesn't mean anything to me. Is that a lot? That could be a lot. It could be nothing. It's, she makes it sound like it's Off a big deal. Off the top of my head, I can't tell you. Okay. The way to get rid of Russian fossil fuels is, of course, to speed up our transition to green energy sources. Here we go. Every kilowatt hour of electricity that Europe generates from solar, from wind, from hydropower, from biomass, from geothermal or green hydrogen, hydrogen makes us less dependent on Russian fossil fuels. Uh-huh. So invest in that. Yes, invest. If you look at the facts, the evidence, today the price of wind and solar is cheaper than polluting fossil fuels. Oh, really? Uh, what do you say about that? I haven't that? seen any, any uh, evidence of that. Of this. No, this, no. Uh, I mean, this, with subsidies, yeah. I, fact check I false. I give her a fact check false. And that's why, with our Repower EU initiative, Here we go. Here we, we go. will invest together 300 billion euros to accelerate the green, green transition. So problem, reaction, here comes the solution. For instance, we are now financing one of the largest offshore wind farms, of the world in the North Sea. And tomorrow, I will be in Denmark to discuss exactly similar initiatives, a huge offshore wind farm in the Baltic Sea. These things suck. These offshore wind farms, half of them don't work. It's hard to maintain when they break down. It ruins the coastline. I used to fly over them all the time when I lived in the UK. Yeah, you know, you know what it was. Like half of them are not turning at all. And, and, then, and then in certain conditions, cold weather with no wind, they actually have to power them to turn. Otherwise, they break down. This is dumb. But it's okay. We have and if a, it's really windy where you really would be able to pull the energy, they have to stop, stop them because them. they'll yeah. blow up. Okay. Uh, now, Queen Ursula has a real solution here, which uh, this is our old friend is coming back. It's not the windmills. Ending our dependency on Russian fossil fuels is only the first step. The skyrocketing electricity prices are now exposing, for different reasons, the limitations of our current electricity market design. Wow, this is really interesting. So they sold all of their electric companies, certainly in the UK, although not part of the EU, but the Netherlands has the same. Those guys are jacking up the rates, and the, and the, and the government really has limited power to do anything about it. So she just says, well, you know, it's for different reasons, but it exposes the problem. 
the problem is you shut down the gas from Russia with the, you know, your response to what they're doing and your swift removal and all of these sanctions. It was developed for completely different, under completely different circumstances uh-huh. and completely different purposes. It is no more fit for purpose. And that's why we, the Commission, we, the are commission. working on an emergency intervention, emergency intervention, and a structural reform of the electricity market. Let's just <laughs> a structural reform of the electricity market. Now, whenever something is done under emergency, we of the Commission, I'm pretty sure they can just ram it through whatever they want to do. It's under emergency, right? That wouldn't be any different than in the United States or anywhere else. Emergency depends you get, on their laws, but I'm sure they can, you know, do well, that anyway. Yeah. Well, this is an emergency, and I'm sure they papered it over. So we need to change the way our electricity market works. We need a new market model for electricity that really functions and brings us back into balance. And then we have to look, of course, beyond energy. All right. So let me just tell you what this is. They're having a good idea of a public utility. Is that some screwball idea that's no good? Nope. Nope. Here it is. I'll just read the article for you. The EU's carbon market is back. After oh, years, no, yeah, not that stupid carbon market after again. After years on the sidelines of the EU's regulatory machinery where it was largely written off, the emissions trading system, ETS, has returned as the cornerstone of the bloc's climate policy. That's right. Brussels is betting that a major overhaul of the cap-and-trade scheme, holy crap, John, that goes back a couple of years, set to be presented as part of the uh, Fit for 55 climate policy package, will speed up emissions, reductions, incentivize companies to invest in clean technologies, and help the bloc achieve its ambitious climate targets. Yes, they're going to reprice carbon, and you're going to have to pay for it. And you will have a personal carbon score, and this will all kind. Of, this is what they call re reengineering or rethinking the energy markets. It's just now more let's put taxation. It this way. It's not going to save anyone any money. Nope. The green and digital transition will massively increase. Our- Notice she says the green and digital transition. These are all little things that are being added along the way. I don't know what it means. Well, when she says digital, she's talking about the smart grid. Ah, and QR codes. And then we have to look, of course, beyond energy. Yes. The green and digital transition will massively increase our need for raw materials. Take lithium for batteries. Why? Or silicon material. Uh-huh. Stop. Yeah. Why? Because we're, Europe is going to Why, be... Wait, hold on a second. Out of the blue, <laughs> you're going to change your... You're going to add a little cap and trade. You're going to put a few more... And, and because of that, you're going to need more raw materials. Why? What, what's the connection? Uh, because we're, you, you're going to have to be driving electric vehicles, electric airplanes. Everything has to be electric. So they need more batteries. Oh, so we have to start tearing up the earth again. Oh, yeah, that's very environmentally friendly. Actually, actually, there's a kicker to this. Because as I was listening to this, I'm like, all right, when do you announce your Africa initiative? (laughs) I'm waiting for, hey, we're going to go help some poor black people there in Africa and take all of their materials. No, no, that didn't come. It's even better. The green and digital transition will massively increase our need for raw materials. 
Take lithium for batteries. Batteries. Or silicon metal for chips. Take rare earth to produce magnets for electric vehicles and wind turbines. Demand for them may double by 2030. Now, the good news in that is it means that the European Green Deal is progressive. It's good. The not so good news is one country dominates the processing. Out of the 30 critical raw materials today, 10 are mostly sourced from China. So we have to avoid falling into the same dependency as with oil and gas. Ah, okay. So it can't be China. So we can't get the gas and dirty, dirty fossil fuels from Russia. We can't be dependent on the China man because, you know, hey, 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 we just went through this. What are we going to do? We should not replace old dependencies with new ones. However, what country do you think we could substitute for China's material? This is well, India John. comes to mind. India, okay. I'll give you three guesses. Um, I'm obviously not going to guess it. No. Uh, <laughs> Brazil comes to mind. They got a big country. Well, let's put it this way. What, we, what you need is you need, first of all, the, the materials in the earth. You can get the, aren't they, I mean, is it all just one region? I think we no, have no, them here. No, no, they're scattered all over the place. Like yeah. lithium is every, it's all, it's in it's, Afghanistan. It's, it's the most available the thing, right? It's like lithium. Peru, everywhere. I think, has got a bunch of it. There's a bunch of it, a lot of it in South America, run by one or two companies. They pretty much lock right. that down. Right, so what and you need. They tear up the place to get this yeah, stuff Yeah, so what out you need there. is a, a, a country who doesn't care if you tear up the place and has a lot of uh, slave-like workers who will be obedient and who will uh, give their children up uh, to work oh, in, in the France. Mines. Close. So we must make sure that access to these commodities will not be used to blackmail us. We have to diversify the supply and build new ties with reliable, like-minded partners around the globe. For this purpose, for example, I'm traveling in two weeks to Canada. Like-minded partners with <laughs> yeah. very interesting offers. You, Canada, we're going to tear your country apart and enslave your children to go and dig for cobalt and all kinds yeah. of crappy oh. shit. It's coming down on you, Canada. Save the world. How about that? How about that? Canada. Canada. <laughs> Yeah, let's rip off Canada. <laughs> I love it. I'm all for it. Go, go, go. Wow. So, she has her nerve. Oh, she went on for another 20 minutes. Uh, but I think it does kind of uh, set everything up, you know? It's like, hey, this is, uh, this is what's going down. This is how we're going to do it. Canada, you supply, you supply the dirt. <laughs> Uh, I don't know where we are. I don't know where America is in this scheme of hers, but yeah, the EU commission. Rolling sure. our eyes in the corner. <laughs> sure, the EU commission has uh, has everyone's best interest at heart. It's no doubt. It's no doubt. Um, all right. That's all I got for the moment on the, well, on the EU. And the, I just think... Well, that, since we're kind of in that area, we might as well... Oh, I, I have one EU, per pure EU story, but I want to play some Gorby clips so we can get him out of the way. Gorby? Yeah, Gorbachev. Oh, <laughs> Gorby. Yeah, he died. He's always been referred yeah. to as Gorby. Oh. In, in the United States when I was a kid. Yeah, I didn't get that programming. Gorby. No, of course not. Okay, uh, Gorby. 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 So, uh... 
wasn't, wasn't Gorby the drunk? Was he the drunk, or was it the uh, who was the drunk? No, no, that was uh, Yeltsin. Yeltsin was the drunk. Okay, right. Yeah, he was just an al- uh, uh, alcoholic. Right. Uh, who also spoke in a in a in a slang version of Russian. His Russian wasn't even very good. No. All the Russians I know. Oh, that guy. He sounds like you know. You ever? I said, well, explain it to me. What are you talking about? He says, well, have you ever been to the South or someplace where they, they talk someone like they don't right? You can't understand a word they say. Well, that's Yeltsin. Okay. Um, you apologize. Okay, let's to the go. You want to play this? Let's just get a, a little. This uh, is a little. Uh, well, I think this is kind of epitomizes the EU. French pool story. Oh, I'm sorry. I was ready to do the French pool story. Okay, here we go. France uncovers over 20,000 undeclared private swimming pools. According to the BBC, the country made the discovery using artificial intelligence. The finding allows authorities to collect a sizable amount of tax revenue. Swimming pools have to be declared under French law. They increase property value and therefore taxes. French authorities can now collect the equivalent of over $10 million in taxes. The artificial intelligence software was developed by Google and French firm Capgemini. The software identified pools in nine regions of France in aerial images. French officials want to try using the software to identify undeclared pools nationwide. A French newspaper report says that an average-sized pool can garner the equivalent of around $200 a year in taxes. The BBC reports the crackdown started after a French politician spoke about potential pool bans due to drought and water shortage. Authorities want to take it further and use the software to identify other taxable property like home extensions, patios, or gazebos. How does that fit in with Gorby? I'm a little lost. No, no, no. I, I said this is the EU story. This is a classic oh, EU story. It's uh, nothing to do with Gorby. Well, you know, Gorby it, is a throwback to Russia. Now, this this story is in the is in the wild because this is obviously the top secret intelligence that Trump had on the French. <laughs> he knew about the pools. What is the? Yeah, no, I don't know. You tell me that. But first of all, let's talk about this. How? What? I mean, to me, this story jumped out like a sore thumb, which doesn't jump out, but it did in this case. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Pools, they have to be licensed and declared. Oh yeah! I mean, oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh, that's the same everywhere. And oh, in Europe, are you kidding me? You can't. You can't even think about building without permission. And this. And while we're, I just wanted to say one thing because I keep forgetting to mention it. You know that whole IRS thing, and you know the IRS eighty-seven thousand new agents, et cetera, et cetera. That's not the headline for me. The headline is the IRS will now give you the option for them to just send you a bill do all the taxes for you and they just send you the bill and you just pay the bill and you're all done. They've done the taxes for you. I would like to warn everybody. I saw this happening in the Netherlands and the way it would happen is a blue envelope would pop into your, into your, uh, into your mailbox and it would say, here's what you owe. And at that point you could only contest it because the filing was already done. But what was worse is over time you get blue envelopes every month well, you know, now we need the preliminary. You got to pay in advance. We think you're making too much, so you got to pay some now, so you don't get screwed later. That is the beginning of the end. This, this—that's how regulated Europe is. And you think people would reject this idea in this country? No, they all flock to it. Of course. Of course Do you want to hear how dumb people are in America? You want? To, can I just give you an entremont of stupidity? Go. Okay. I do not know where this comes from. Um, uh, it, it, I thought it might have been a Jesse Waters thing, but it wasn't. It was so incredibly good 
Um, if I can find it. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, uh, yes, from uh, the Twitter account Clown World. Listen to this. This is just people on the street in America. I think it's New York City. How many letters are in the alphabet? 24? Do you know how many seasons there are? 12. I don't know. 12? Yes. What language do the people in Idaho speak? Potato. Wait, what? What language? I don't know. The first thing that came to mind was potatoes. How many states make up the United States? Guess a number if you don't know. Five. Yes. What continent are we on right now? What continent? Uh, I think like North Africa. What's three times three times three? Eighteen. Yes. How many cents are in one dollar? How many cents is on one dollar? Yeah. One, five, ten, twenty, fifty, hundred, six. Yes. Do you know what country we gained our independence from? Mexico, right? No, no, that's so wrong. Russia, no. <laughs> I don't know. Give me a final guess. Canada. I don't know. Yes. Do you know what year the U.S. was founded? 1827. Yes. It's a shape with four sides called. Uh, I don't know. I haven't had. I haven't done something with shapes since like fifth grade. Yeah, if you had a guess, I think I don't know. Like I don't, I don't. I know what like what shapes have four sides, but I don't know the name for it. Yes. Can you name three countries besides the USA? Alabama. (laughs) That's one. (laughs) New Mexico. Uh Two. And Connecticut. Yay! Three. It's too easy for you. I mean, this is. I'm of course this man on the street. You selected. But there are actual people walking around who don't have this basic common knowledge, couldn't tell the time on a clock face drawn. Oh, well, let me tell you, here's a good story. Uh, Mimi was at, uh, we have a, a grocer up in uh, Squim, Washington called Sunny Farms, very famous uh, green grocer. They've got great stuff. They have their own meat cutters and everything. I mean, they have their own cattle to have a ranch. Nice. And so you get a lot of good quality everything from them. But so you go in there, and it's a mixed variety of people that go that, that shop there. So, so there's this girl in front of Mimi, and she's staring at the clock, you know, a round clock, old fashioned. I, I already, and I already feel like, it. <laughs> she, well, you know the answer. To the, I mean, how where it's headed, and it's it's like she's a she. Mimi says she's probably around twenty five. The woman. And so she's staring at this clock and she's staring and staring and staring and she finally turns to the uh to the checker and says do you know what time it is? <laughs> and the checker says, "Yeah, it's 115." And so the girl, "Oh, thanks." And she leaves. And so Mimi asks the checker, she says, uh, "These people, these millennials can't read a clock which should have been taught in grammar school or at home by, you know, the parents." How to read a clock? Because the clocks are everywhere, and the the checker says, "Oh no, almost all of them. I've never run into one that can read a clock." 
Yeah, but I mean, basic knowledge of what continent are we on? How many states does America have? How many letters in the alphabet? How many letters in the alphabet? You know, that clip would have been a lot better if they hadn't have overmodulated oh, mu- a bunch of music and, and, over and the, the music, top and ruined it. I know, they always, you know, we can't get a break. These guys put too much music. Uh, uh, Project Veritas, even though we, we have hooked them up with sound engineers, they can't get their stuff right. Disappointing. What are you going to do? No, but what are you going to do? But I understand if you're an elite and you have you have disdain for people anyway, then you know you look at these people and go, kill them, kill them, just kill them, kill, kill them. Oh, dude, I forgot. Did you see the MTV Video Music Awards? Dude, dude, I saw it on the on the thing, and I said, you know, I could waste my time watching this as opposed to overclipping. But Adam will see it, and he'll give us a report. Well, the only thing you need to know is that, and so I start watching this thing, and and the and I'm looking for you know satanic rituals. I'm looking for Illuminati signs, and right off the bat, there's triangles everywhere. There's black and white checkers. There's triangles everywhere. Triangles, triangles, which is part of the you know it activates the MK Ultra programming. But they've taken it to the next level. The whole show was sponsored. But had one uh, main sponsor. They had the, you know, the typical shitty Toyota car that they think millennials will want and a couple other dumb things. But there was one big sponsor, and it was Doritos. And they were, what they would do is they look at the Doritos chip, which, in case you didn't know, is a triangle. Then they yeah. have an, an ad where it says, look, you see the triangle everywhere. They're showing all these triangles in life. The whole, the whole, they would go from that, from the triangle, from the Dorito, and they would cross dissolve into the triangle on the stage. Doritos are activating MK Ultra nationwide. That, that's my report. MTV has gone overboard and sold out. <laughs> To the Triangle to Illuminati, Doritos. yes, and and it's, these Doritos, it's this is like uh, three more days till Halloween. Silver Shamrock, I'm telling you, something's bad. I don't like it at all. Okay, yeah, all right. Want to do Garby now? Yeah, let's play some Garby chips. Garby, let's chips. Do some Gar- chips. <laughs> I said chips. Garby chips. Yes, new, new from Smith. <laughs> Garby so let's chips. Let's play some. Now you got. Uh, <laughs> people took different angles, and they still don't know. The obit clip from NPR is the one that's the, the kicker, but let's play the ones from uh, New Tang Dynasty first. Oh, Gorby obit one. Uh, you got it. Mikhail Gorbachev has died at age 91. He is credited with ending the Cold War without bloodshed, and he oversaw the removal of Europe's Iron Curtain. Here are the details. After decades of Cold War tension and confrontation, Gorbachev, the last Soviet president, broke with the past. He helped to remove the Iron Curtain that had divided Europe and bring about the reunification of Germany. He struck nuclear arms deals with the United States and brought the Soviet Union closer to the West than at any point since World War II. Gorbachev struck up a rapport with the West and with Ronald Reagan, who had called the Soviet Union the evil empire. Together they negotiated 
a landmark deal in 1987 to scrap intermediate-range nuclear missiles. Oh, yeah. When pro-democracy protests swept across the Soviet bloc nations of communist Eastern Europe in 1989, he refrained from using force. Unlike previous leaders who had sent tanks to crush uprisings in Hungary in 1956 and Czechoslovakia in 1968. But those protests fueled aspirations for autonomy in the 15 republics of the Soviet Union, which disintegrated over the next two years in chaotic fashion. Gorbachev became general secretary of the Soviet Communist Party in 1985 at age 54. He was a reformer, setting out to revitalize the system by introducing limited political and economic freedoms. His policy of glasnost, or free speech, allowed previously unthinkable criticism of the party and the state, but also emboldened nationalists who began to press for independence in the Baltic republics of Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, and elsewhere. And wasn't Gorby on our payroll? I've always heard that. I don't think so, but I mean, no? it's possible. You never mm. know. I, I got a kick. I, when I went to Russia, it was during this era, uh, during Gorby. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, they had <laughs> in- instituted some minor uh, alterations into the idea of having uh, uh, small businesses. And so I, I go over there, and there's a, they, they allowed in uh, Red Square, they allowed some of these like booths. To oh, sell vendors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vendors. Vendors. Sure, right? sure. Early vendors. vendors. Yeah. And I was told, and I was, I was told that this is going to happen in advance. I had some re- excellent briefing. If you wanted to buy something uh, from a vendor that was like 12 rubles and you had a 20, yeah. they couldn't make change. Nope, nope, nope. Because it was illegal. Yes. <laughs> It was illegal to make change. If you wanted to buy something for 12 rubles, you had to give them 12 rubles. (laughs) Genius. Uh, Anyway, so let's go on to Gorby too. And in the final months of his life, Gorbachev has seen much of his legacy destroyed as President Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine has brought sanctions on Moscow and talks in both Russia and the West of a new Cold War. Cold War? So that that report was all political, but the one that's on NPR, which is the other obit, mm-hmm. was really more about legacy, and it's just a, so different hmm. that I had to play contrast it a little bit with the with these other guys who are, I should do better straight up reporting, even though it's although boring, yeah, I'm sure it's boring amateurish. to listen to. Body of Mikhail yeah. Gorbachev will lie in state on Saturday in Moscow's mm. House of Unions. That's the same building located between the Bolshoi and the Duma, the lower House of Parliament, where his predecessors, including Joseph Stalin, are buried. But Gorbachev won't be buried in that building. Instead, he will be interred next to his wife in Novo Devishi Convent. That's the cemetery where. Nikita Khrushchev is buried. So far, the Kremlin hasn't said whether there will be a state funeral for the last Soviet Union leader. Gorbachev died yesterday at the age of 91. Now, you'd think there would be. You'd think there would be, but I'll bet you there's not. Hmm. Because the way it looks, I could be wrong and I may be brainwashed on this, but it looks as if Putin is irked. At Gore, because Gorby is the one who tore down the Soviet Union completely. Oh, no, that, that, that's, now, that's only if you buy into what my family believes. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. I say I may be buying into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I know. I'm, I'm trying to protect you from that. I'm trying to stop. Well, you. no, I, I like the fact that you set up a blockade here. <laughs> and I, but I've always kind of covered my ass with my disclaimer. Oh, as always, there's no evidence. Mm-hmm. We, so we'll see. We, we know your little tricks. There's no evidence <laughs> that this or there's that. No evidence. <laughs> there's no evidence. Doesn't mean no. It just means there's no evidence. Yeah. One hour photo. Um. <laughs> I don't. I don't have much left on uh, on what's happening with. Uh, with Ukraine or Russia. Let me see what else to do. Yeah, the only thing that's kind of annoying to me about um, Ukraine and Russia is with this latest, you know, commitment of material or whatever we're doing, we're sending over to Ukraine. You know, as, as we heard and has been confirmed, it's coming from all over uh, bases around the country, around the world. And so we're kind of, you know, I'm worried, like, are they going to be able to resupply stuff? Did they give away too much? You know, are we vulnerable? And then this story. All right now to some news that is just in. The U.S. Army has temporarily grounded its fleet of Chinook helicopters after a small, small number had engine fires. An Army spokesperson says they have identified the root cause of the fires and they are implementing corrective measures to resolve this issue. A U.S. official says this affects approximately 400 helicopters. You know, these are workhorses that have been around since Vietnam. You know, and now all of a sudden, oh, ground them all. That's never happened. Never ground for some O rings that they probably got from China. Sound familiar? The yeah, O ring. Yeah, that sounds like something they get from China that don't. It failed. Well, there's lots of fake parts that come through. We hear that all the time. Oh yeah, yeah we got cheap parts. Chinese shit over here. Yeah, what can we do? What can we do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um. Well, while we're on that topic, uh, let me take you back to our previous episode. Fourteen eighty one. So let's play what's going on now. This is Artemis. Uh, first, this is the first launch. It's coming up, I think, later this month or sometime. No, tomorrow. Soon. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. It's co- if everything's okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh, you see the future, John C. Dvorak. Breaking news tonight: NASA says it will try again this Saturday afternoon to launch its new moon rocket. The crewless test mission moon Artemis rocket. One was scrubbed on Monday because of an engine cooling issue. Uh-huh. NASA says it's making adjustments at the launch pad and changing some launch day procedures to head off any problems. The mission is a first step towards getting humans. Back on the moon. All right. Do you think what? Do you think it's going to go Saturday? Do you think it'll, they'll make it Saturday, 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 or there'll be another issue? I have no idea, but I probably I would guess another issue. I think another issue. Yeah. You don't want to blow this one up. It's got those two dummies in it. <laughs> It'll be dumb aside. Can't have that. And one of our producers sent me a little detail on uh, the cost since we were asking about it. The new NASA SLS rocket. Here's some differences. Is not reusable. And the cost per launch, no wonder they're careful, is estimated to be between $1 and $4 billion per launch. Now, SpaceX cost per launch is about $10 million. Cost to go around the moon, SpaceX cost $80 million. The SpaceX Starship is taller than NASA SLS. SpaceX, SpaceX Starship has more than twice the payload capacity. 100 tons versus 46. The NASA SLS can get to deep space in one go, but SpaceX will need to refuel in space to get the 100 tons uh, into deep space, but that's part of their design. But here's the thing. NASA is actually going to use SpaceX to get to the moon. 
Why, why are we wasting this money then if it's going to be completely different rockets that do it? Well, I, like I explained, the way they're going to do it, they're going to just a bunch of steps. They're going to have a space station. They got to lock with that. I guess that's where the SpaceX thing comes in. I don't know. I mean, there's just a lot of steps. This is a convoluted uh, uh, approach to going to I'll the moon. Say. But, the, the, <laughs> but the idea is, I mean, if you you could say that, you are, what you would, what would you would argue in the counter argument is that, well, yeah, but <laughs> it's setting up places where you can also have a jumping off point to go to Mars, which you're going to have to have anyway. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, <laughs> I learned something about the Atlas rocket. Atlas, uh, was it, yeah, the Atlas, was that the one that took John Glenn into space first? The Atlas, I think, was the first one, yeah. yeah. Um, now, the way the Atlas worked is it had a fuel cell in the middle, which, was, which they kept under constant pressure. Um, it, in fact, if they didn't pressurize it while it was on the launch pad, it could just, it could just topple over, just fold in on, on itself, which there's, it happened a couple times. But um, in order to uh, not be too heavy upon liftoff, they had a certain type of, um, of uh, chemical or chemical compound that they sprayed all over the outside of the rocket. So when the fuel, of course, the fuel would freeze any water condensation so that water would disperse upon launch. Do you know the name of this uh, household item that was developed specifically for that purpose? Windex? WD-40. Oh. Water dispensary formula 40. It was developed for that. I didn't know that. Well, I didn't know that either, and I don't know anything about what you said about some fuel cell. I don't know what the point of that would be. Well, that's because uh, they, they couldn't have it freezing on the outside when they lift it off. Because no, the fuel was WD-40. literally on the inside. No, the, the WD-40 would make sure that any water, it repels any water that appears on it. So if the ice cracks its water, boom, it falls right off. Or it doesn't form at all. There's a whole YouTube on it. It's crazy. I had no idea. It's not, it's Send me a link. It's not even a lubricant. WD-40? No, it's, it's not a, a It's a penetrant. It's a, an antioxidant. It's a water dispenser. It makes sure that water goes away from that surface. WD. I didn't know this. The more you know from the show. Sounds, it, sounds, it sounds like a reverse engineered hoax, but okay. Wow. Such an accusation. Hey, well, man. I'm just saying. I it just sounds it on, fishy. It was from the science lady on YouTube. It, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Don't make me look her up. I, I don't know what I'm thinking if it's on the internet. No, it wasn't just on the internet. It was the science lady on YouTube. Are you okay. going to make me look it up now? Well, just send me a link. I'll okay, I'll, 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 later. I'll send you a link. People are saying I got hoaxed. No, 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 no. Wait, people are saying is I got hoaxed? I Nobody so. I didn't say no, that. No, I'm looking at the troll room. I said it sounds room. like a hoax. Water displacement. Yeah, water dis- displacement. That's what it was. Not disbursement. Water displacement. I don't know. I, I don't think it's a hoax. The science lady looked very... She had a t-shirt on that said science lady. Yeah. So how can you, how can you deny... Well, how, how could that be a hoax? How can you... The, what was the t-shirt <laughs> itself. I'm said, telling you. Said, and you know the trouble you have to go through to get a t-shirt that says that? Uh, it's beyond belief. <laughs> it said Janet, the science, Jan, Janet Lab or something. I'm going to find it for you. I'll send it to you. Okay. So, um, 
Let's talk about the, let's get a couple of these little items out of the way, which are or the f- cute items. My favorite item is the busing of the of the immigrants to New York, Washington D.C., and elsewhere. Did you know that when they bring those immigrants, where they when uh, Abbott or actually even the San Antonio itself is doing it too, mm-hmm. they've actually asked them where they want to go. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. that's funny. That's in this funny. report, at least they do. At least they do in San Antonio. They say, "Get where would you like to go?" Uh, I like to go to New York. Would you like to stay here? It goes. I think it goes like this. Look, Texas is a <laughs> shithole. We all have guns. It's <laughs> hot. Go away. You don't want to be here. It's hot. You want to. You want to go. We'll send you to New York City, the Big Apple, where they're going to treat you well. You want to go? Yeah. Si, sounds senor, si, senor. And so they put him in the bus. Okay, let's play bus to New York City one. El Paso, Texas is busing illegal immigrants to New York City, and they say the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA, will pay for it. This, this service provides everywhere from uh, providing meals for transportation, toiletries, anything that's needed for these migrants, whether it be cots, COVID vaccines, COVID testing, that, that's what we've been providing. And chartering buses is no different. Our, our original buses, we started back in pre-COVID times, so back in 2019. The city has chartered four buses for volunteer illegal immigrants in the past week in a program separate from Governor Greg Abbott's plan. According to Abbott's office, Texas has spent $12 million to send over 8,900 illegal immigrants to New York City and Washington, D.C. Both New York City and D.C. are sanctuary cities. I believe they also sent their first bus to Chicago uh, yesterday. Well, there's a Chicago report in here. Oh, oh, in, in part the, two discusses oh. some of the, the Chicago problems. Officials say they also considered chartering a bus to Chicago, but not enough illegal immigrants wanted to go there. FEMA has said it will reimburse local governments and NGOs for the cost of aiding and transporting illegal immigrants, but has not commented on El Paso's buses. <laughs> so it looks as if the federal government, so not so New York. And Washington, I'd like the idea that no one wants to go to Chicago. <laughs> nah, no, nah. Senor. no, no, senor. no, senor. no, 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 According to this report, is paying for it. They're all in. Yeah, yeah. Ship them to New of York. Course. I know you Texans just bitch and moan about everything. Put them in a bus and send them to New York. Well, I think. And by that, the way, when they get to New York, they're greeted with with a healthy handshake. There's I a, saw a video of this like, to get them off the bus. I see, hey, Lou, Senor, yes, you <laughs> welcome to New York, Nueva York. Um, well, that's nothing. You know, there's a, that's nothing. There's a cruise ship that goes between, I think, uh, Norway and, what is it? No, maybe Helsinki, so Finland. I got to look at where this is. It's a Dutch article that I'm looking at. Uh, so the, uh, you know, the, the, the ministry of, um, the Dutch government, you know, they have a problem. They have all these, they still have people, asylum seekers, as they call them, coming in. A lot of them from Ukraine. A lot of them say they're from Ukraine. They're from other places. But, hey, I'm looking for, I'm from U- Ukraine asylum, senor. And um, so they get in, but they got nowhere left to store them. They've already put them in hotels. We learned that from Los Angeles and Cali- uh, San Francisco. So now, uh, starting in October, uh, the Amsterdam City Council 
has agreed, and and I guess they've they've got the financing to put these three thousand new migrants, I mean uh, asylum seekers, on this cruise ship, which is like a proper cruise ship. It's not just a, like a ferry boat. So these, this is going to be great. Yeah, when you beat that, Do they have to give them your a bus. guided tour. Yeah, well, no, it's. I think they just. It, of course, they just leave them in a port and shove them in a ship. Yeah, they just float around. I don't know. <laughs> God, <laughs> float around. All right. Well, that's about as idiotic as. Yeah, they're filling up. It's the, it's the same program everywhere. They go to the hotels and they say, well, what's your, what's your occupancy? Well, we're about uh, 40% empty. Good. We'll pay you double or nothing. Double or whatever. Uh, well, won't these double? Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're throwing money away. Well. I mean, it's like we're all going to go broke because of these, this, these governments are just tossing money down the, tu- down the tubes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, I I think so. Uh, that would make sense. Tossing it down the tubes. Um. Okay, well, let's go to the little COVID discussion. Okay, good. They got the new shots. Now, I got three clips okay. about the new shots. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, I, they're, they're all from NPR and they all got kind of jumbled because they, they did, they brought this one guy in. This guy's got kind of a, uh, funny voice that does these reports oh is, is this the guy is that guy i it's either him or the other there's two guys there's one guy that's completely adenoidal i i, I can barely speak yeah the, well, i, I yeah, can't I breathe have, through my nose <laughs> i don't know why i can't breathe through my nose i don't think it's this powder yeah so uh <laughs> and, and then there's a guy who sounds like Sebastian the i cat. think i have He's that guy I think, I think i have that guy but would you you play your clips and i'll see what i need to well, fill okay in. well I, unfortunately i got from two different reports from the same guy. So there may be some crossover here because they, they gave one report and then like later they gave another one with a completely different series of uh, information with a completely different pile of information. Let's go with uh, COVID new shots, uh, NPR. The Food and Drug Administration has authorized the first major upgrade in COVID-19 vaccine boosters. Let's just stop there. It's never been called an upgrade. Ever. This is the first report I'm hearing it, except for joke reports. Yes. <laughs> upgrade, update your app now. Upgrade your immunity. First major upgrade in COVID-19 vaccine boosters. And Pierre's Rob Stein reports. The vaccines are reformulated versions of Moderna and Pfizer-BioNTech vaccines targeted to protect against the Omicron variant. The reprogrammed shots are designed to bolster fading immunity, especially against the highly contagious Omicron subvariants that most people are catching now. The federal government plans to make the new boosters available starting next week. Public health officials hope they will contain a possible fall and winter surge. Some experts worry the new boosters won't live up to expectations, but others say the new shots could provide enough of a bridge to minimize the impact, especially among the most vulnerable. Oh, yeah. I have this guy, too. And it, the, his, the, they were, I don't know where he's recording. He's got a lot of hiss and hum in the background. Just a technical thing I'm annoyed by. Okay, so now he, he does a more elaborate report later, and let's play this. This is called, this is clip is called Second Report, but I got two versions. I got Second Report. And second report, part two. There's some good stuff here. 
Okay. You know, no one's worried about safety. It's clear the vaccines are very safe. But safe. critics say mouse studies just aren't. Yeah, this is the same guy, Eclipse. He's safe. Very good at predicting the same how guy, vac- he's, well, he's kind of either the, he's got the adenoids and the Sylvester and the slice. cat sound. You got a slice. But, you but just, he's there. Everyone's worried about safety, but they don't do crap about it. But but they're safe. <laughs> you know, no one's from, worried I'm about just telling you. safe. Safety is clear. The vaccines are very safe. But safe. critics say mouse studies just aren't very good at predicting how vaccines work in people. Oh. And earlier vaccines, the, the tests on those earlier vaccines indicate oh, that are only a bit better than the original shots at best. And so the worry is people will think these new shots protect them more than they really do. <laughs> Here's John Moore. He's an immunologist at Walcott yes. Medicine. Yes. Uh, be a modest benefit to protection against infection, but it will be modest, which is why I say don't believe that you're getting super strong shielding against infection. <laughs> this is kind of out of the blue report that came in. This came in this, the second go round, yeah. where they're like backing off on even recommending the shot and saying, well, you know, we just tested on mice. That's the problem. They- That's the story. That's the problem. Yeah. That's what people are picking up. Yeah, so no one wants to, will get the shot, which is what they said. So let's play the second part of this. Vaccines were only tested in mice might make it even harder to convince people to get them. It's been a tough sell already convincing people to get their first or second boosters, and there's still plenty of people out there who haven't gotten any shots. And that's the main reason between four and 500 people are still dying every day from COVID. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm sure many people are wondering how soon they can get these new boosters. What's the schedule? Yeah, so the CDC will decide by the end of the week week exactly who should get these new boosters and how they should be used once they become available next week. The FDA authorized the Moderna booster for anyone 18 and older and the Pfizer-BioNTech booster for anyone 12 and older, but some experts think the people who really need them are those at high risk, like older people and those with other health problems. Oh, yeah. Another big question is how long to wait to get the shot. Hold on a second. So these things, you know, eh, you know we're not, it's mice, but you know, we, need, we need to give it to people who need them sooner. You kill them, obviously. Listen to what this is. It's like, well, we need to get these to kill people who have health problems. They're no good. Old people, get rid of them. Experts think the people who really need them are those at high risk. Like, Yeah, yeah, they really need them. Older people and those with other health problems. Yeah. Another big question is how long to wait to get the shots. The FDA says two months since the last shot is long enough, but others say that's too short. People should wait four to six months after their last shot or infection, or the new boosters may not just work very well. <sighs> It's incredible. Nothing works. They haven't tested on humans. That's the story that's getting likes. We're like, what? You only test? And I don't care. A million scientists can say it doesn't matter. I think it does matter. They've lost control of that messaging. I do have Peter Marks. Well, well, I just want to say I have the FDA chief scientist to address this. Okay, because then after that, I got two clips on life expectancy. (laughs) By changing... Uh, the composition of what is in these boosters, uh, we are able to elicit and essentially refresh the immune response. Refresh. So it will hopefully do a better job. Like a browser window. Uh, of uh, eliminating yeah. uh, the uh, virus. The problem is if we wait a few months till we have the kind of clinical data that we had before, well, you can see what happened with Delta and with Omicron BA1. Yeah, you ignored the data. People died and you said it was safe and effective anyway. Or do you mean something else? We're going to be on to the next thing. And so we may not be able to provide people oh, with please. the kind of protection that we like that will hold them for a longer period of time. 
we're the first, I think, to acknowledge we don't want to have people constantly getting booster shots. Listen to the laugh. What does this tell about? Listen to this. Holy crap. Go back. Yeah, back it up and so we're all aware there's a, a tell laugh coming up. With the kind of protection that we like that will hold them for a longer period of time. We're the first, I think, to acknowledge we don't want to have people constantly getting booster shots. Oh, yes, you do. <laughs> we don't <laughs> we don't be <laughs> you know the way i understand it they say well you know we don't want you to have to keep getting booster shots every three months but this next one will be good throughout the end of the season which in my calculation is about three months so he's lying he's got the tell <laughs> so the goal here um is to use our best knowledge and we're very comfortable with this to provide people with the longest duration of protection uh, that we can. We heard loud and clear uh, from parents that they did not want us <laughs> to see kids. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Hold on. <laughs> uh, that we can. We heard loud and clear uh, from parents that they did not want us <laughs> to see kids uh, left behind. What is this? <laughs> they said my kids being left behind on the boosters oh, we don't want that. <laughs> i mean i can only i can only hear evil in this guy um and so uh we will make sure that uh oh, as we get submissions in and have the data that we expand the age range down we yeah. can hopefully drive down uh some of the adverse outcomes from COVID 19 in the next weeks but then also hopefully uh -huh. protect the population. That's a weird thing for him to say. We will hopefully drive down the adverse events from COVID-19. Typically, you don't talk about, talk about an adverse event with a virus. The virus kills you. An adverse event, particularly the way he said it, that's for vaccines. I mean, I maybe I've just never heard anyone call say that the symptoms of COVID that get you sick in certain ways, calling those adverse events. I mean, what, what is normal then for COVID? You know what uh, I mean? You know, this, the, the use of this language, the way he does is, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what he's very bad. Submissions in and have the data that we expand the age range down. We can hopefully drive down one. Uh, some of the <laughs> adverse outcomes from COVID-19 in the next weeks. But then also hopefully protect the population against a swing uh, of, of COVID-19 that could come up uh, as we come into the fall of uh -huh. months, Thanksgiving time, when once again, we go indoors and people tend to get together socially, um, which we know is kind of a ripe uh, way to uh, uh, transmit more COVID. So they're just all in laugh telling their way through all it look you know it's like we can't be waiting for data to see if they work we want to protect you jab that in get the bivalent thing let's go 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 they don't do that with the flu they don't test it on people they throw it in some mice if it's good you take it and everyone's happy I, i'm flabbergasted at just how blunt the, the blunt they're blunt they're just like i'm just plowing ahead nothing to see here at all at all and of course there's adverse events oh geez all right i have a couple more things here this there's something well let's get my let's get yeah, this out you got more way. you got more life expectancy clip one <laughs> 
For the first time in a century, the life expectancy of Americans has dropped for two years in a row. That sobering fact comes from a provisional analysis out today from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. As NPR's Selena Simmons-Duffin reports, the driving force of this trend is COVID-19, but there's more to the story. Life expectancy in the U.S. has been on a forward march for decades, ticking up a bit year after year, all the way up to 79 years in 2019. The pandemic brought that march to a sudden halt. In 2020, life expectancy dropped to 77 years. And in 2021, it dropped again to 76 years. Dr. Stephen Wolf calls these numbers disturbing. He's a professor at Virginia Commonwealth University. In most other high-income countries, 2021 was a year where life expectancy began to rebound. Having that context makes the U.S. results all the more tragic. There are some striking racial disparities in the data. Elizabeth Aria of CDC's National Center for Health Statistics, who was the lead author of the report, says the most dramatic drop in life expectancy was among American Indian or Alaska Native people. To see that the decline over the two-year period for this population was 6.6 years was jarring. She notes life expectancy for that population is now 65 years, the same as it was for the whole population in the 1940s. But there is a bit of good news in the data. For the Hispanic population and the non-Hispanic Black population, who both lost a lot of years during the first year of the pandemic, the loss was a lot smaller during the second year. For white Americans, life expectancy actually dropped more in 2021 than in 2020, (laughs) even though vaccines and treatments became available. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Any coincidence there, you think? I don't think so. Drop more, even though there were more vaccines available. And you know, the, the black <laughs> the black and Hispanic, they're, stopped taking, they're not taking boosters. Well, there's, they're there, doing there, it. there's a specific issue. After we hear your second clip, I'll be happy to share what, I, what I've learned. Play clip two. Now, if you take a step back, the U.S. wasn't doing very well on life expectancy compared to other countries, even before the pandemic, says John Haga. He's a retired division director at the National Institute on Aging, part of NIH. We're now behind countries like Slovenia, Costa Rica, and Greece. He laments that nobody seems to get fired up about changing things to help Americans live longer. Selena Simmons-Duffin, NPR News. Yeah. Slovenia. Yeah. Costa Rica. Well, what's wrong with this picture? The American Medical Association is what's wrong with this picture, and the, and Big Pharma is what's wrong with this picture, and and uh, big agriculture, uh, extremely online. Jake uh, sent in a, a note about his father, who works at one of the largest his stepfather, who works at one of the largest drug companies in the field of diabetes and insulin medication. Been doing it for thirty years. Started in the labs, moved to sales, now is managing multiple territories, an expert in the field. Um, and he has uh, uh, just received a promotion to see a new division within this company. I don't know which company it is. Uh, the division uh, is called the Obesity Division, newly uh, created. Um, so uh, <laughs> uh, our uh, producer, Jake, was asking a couple things. He said, you know, so... Um, what's going on with, uh, with the numbers? He said, you know, first of all, 
insulin, which is, I guess, one of the products that he would be selling, has to be kept refrigerated. Uh, currently, the estimates, according to this company, so that would be their uh, their marketing statistics, their TAM, their total addressable, addressable market in the United States, 100 million diabetics, 80 million pre-diabetic, which is almost everybody, isn't it? Until you get, you know, Really young people and really old people with 46% of all children in America have diabetes. And, uh, and this is because we're eating shit. And yeah, black and brown people, poor people, especially during the lockdowns, what did they eat? More shit. That's all you could get. Yeah, but they're living longer. <laughs> because well, they're not taking the vax. Well, yes. But now here's the problem. What happens when the lights go out? You know, they eat more. No, I mean, what happens to your refrigerated? <laughs> what happens to your refrigerated insulin? Oh yeah, yeah. uh huh. Could get kind of nasty. There's a lot of things that won't work anymore. Particularly, um, I don't know, your electric vehicle. Overnight, residents north of Los Angeles facing mandatory evacuations and major traffic jams as a wildfire quickly spread along the five freeway. Very ominous flames, a huge plume of smoke, and the 5 freeway, again, worth reiterating, completely shut down. At least eight firefighters suffered heat-related injuries fighting the flames. An extreme late summer heat wave fueling the fire. Burbank hitting 112 degrees, 106 in Anaheim. The hottest August temperatures ever recorded in those cities. And now the extreme heat is expanding. The National Weather Service is warning people in Northern California that daily, monthly, and even all-time temperature records could be broken during this Labor Day weekend. How does climate, how does the heat fuel the fire? I mean, isn't that kind of a shortcut? They say it was 106 degrees, so that just fueled the fire. It's not technically true, right? No, how can it be? It can't fuel anything. That's what that's, no, it's not fuel. It's exactly, just temperature. Exactly. California's power grid operators have issued a statewide flex alert today. Flex alert! Calling for voluntary conservation of power during peak hours. We encourage you, before you leave home, if you can turn uh, those thermostats up to 85 degrees. Officials also asking electric car owners not to charge their vehicles during peak hours. The request coming just one week after California lawmakers voted in favor of banning the sale of gas-powered cars by 2035. The governor yesterday defended that move, saying the state has little choice but to act on the climate crisis. He also addressed his critics in Texas, where the governor has called the banning of gas cars ridiculous. In the state of Texas, year to date, they have consumed some 22.9 million tons of coal, polluting the planet, making conditions worse. 22.9 million tons versus California's 18,000. Oh, man, it's we're dirty Texans. Put us right next to Putin. Give us a shot in the head. Two to the head. You guys are burning coal and you're polluting the planet. Polluting the planet. Now, my favorite heat wave climate change clip from uh, this week comes from Denver. 
This is how it roll, baby. We are expecting a blistering 95 degrees Woo! here tomorrow. And during these oh! dog days of summer, of course, it's so important to keep your home cool. Well, when thousands of XL customers in Colorado tried adjusting their thermostats Tuesday, they learned they couldn't. Denver 7 consumer investigator Jacqueline Allen talked with some of those customers. Jacqueline, they're upset they had no control over the temp in their own home. That's right. And, you know, Excel is calling, calling this a rare energy emergency. And, yes, emergency. they took over tens of thousands of smart thermostats here in Colorado. For the first time, there was nothing homeowners could do about it. Another hot one today with temperatures in the low 90s. Even Mike Nelson would tell you Tuesday was a hot one. The heat goes on. Which is why Tony Tallarico tried to crank up the AC. I mean, it was... 90 out, and it was right during the peak period. That's when he found out he had no control of his thermostat. A message from Excel on his thermostat saying temperature locked during an energy emergency. And normally when we see a message like that, we're able to override it. Um, in this case, we weren't. So our thermostat was locked in at 78 or 79. <laughs> Turns out he's not alone. Excel confirms to contact Denver 7. 22,000 customers were locked out of their smart thermostats for hours on Tuesday. It's a voluntary program. Let's remember that this is something that customers choose to be a part of. Oh, yeah. Um, based on the incentives. LVP Emmett Romine says customers enrolled in the Colorado AC Rewards Program sign up to get money back, but give up some control for the greater good. So it, it helps everybody for people to participate in these programs. It is a bit uncomfortable for a short period of time, but but it's very, very helpful. Very, very helpful. $100. $100 rebate <laughs> per month uh, if you uh, participate in the program where they can control and the people are like, well, that's not cool, man. I didn't, I didn't sign up for that. No, they didn't know what they were reading. It's they like didn't read Eula. it. They didn't read it. No, of course not. They just went to 100 bucks. That's right. 100 bucks. You can control my thermostat. 100 bucks. Give me that shot. See, give me a hamburger. I'll take the shot. This, yeah, our this French is, fries. Remember is, that? Yeah. So, to bring it all around, this is why we have shorter lifespans in America. We're dumb. <laughs> We're ultimate dummies. I think this this is a segment which was uh, highlighted by the, the dummies that didn't know how many letters were in the alphabet. <laughs> and with that, I'd like to thank you for your courage. Say in the morning to you, the man who put the C in the Gorby chips. Ladies and gentlemen, please say hello to my friend on the other end there, Mr. John C. Dvorak. In the morning to you, Mr. Adam Curry. In the morning, all ships at sea, boots on the ground, feet in the air. Subs in the water and all the dames and nights out there. Yo, yo, in the morning to all of the trolls in our troll room. And uh, what did I say? Did I say something wrong? People like people. The trolls are very, there must be a lot of trolls in there because there's a lot of people who are full of crap. So let's uh, kind of, let's see. Trolls, all right, stirring around. Yeah, 2026, that's for a Thursday, 2026. I don't even know if that's good or not. It's above our 18s, right? 2026 is quite good for Thursday. Yeah, well, there you go. All right. I told you there was more people than normal. I could tell because a lot of people were talking smack in there. But that's the whole point. That's what trolls are. That's why it's called the Troll Room. Trollroom.io. You can jump in there and, and be full of crap. And that's a beautiful thing. And you can also be helpful. That's, uh, that's also a beautiful thing. And you can join them. Trollroom.io gives you the live stream, no agenda stream, along with the, uh, uh, along with the live uh, troll room, which you can also get uh, by uh, alert from Podverse. Uh, get the Podverse app. What is it? Podverse.fm, I think. And then when we go live, boom, the same app that gives you your podcast gives you uh, the live stream and the troll room all in one. Or follow us at noagendasocial.com soon to uh, reopen for uh, new subscriptions. 
Um, and you will automatically be following John C. Dvorak at uh, noagendasocial.com and uh, Adam at noagendasocial.com. Uh, you can follow us from anywhere, from any, uh, any Mastodon account. It should work. And you can even set one up yourself if you want to really have ultimate control. Let's face it, Twitter isn't going to get any better. Uh, how is is Twitter destroyed yet? Are we close? Did you guys talk about that? You and Andrew? Nope. No? I guess no one cares anymore. I mean, I think we mentioned it maybe. Well, they got that whistleblower no, really now. It's not in the news that yeah. much anymore. All right. uh, let's thank the artist for episode 1481. Uh, let's see. We titled that one Injectables. Boy, was that ever true. Oh, yeah. This was kind of an interesting choice for us. It was the Blow Agenda Burger. <laughs> former home of Curry and Dvorak, save 30. This was uh, based upon the uh, the potential sale of the show. Strangely, I have still not heard anything from uh, uh, from the podcast gee, broker. Shocker. This was uh, Mike Riley's work, which uh, now Mike is a, is a professional. He does a lot of comic books. And uh, there were other choices here, but I there were other blow agendas. This one just cracked us up. But why? what, what was wrong with other pieces that just didn't? If it's you know, there's a lot of very busy. I thought, it was, busy I thought, the, I thought, the, I thought it was we, a weak selection. Personally, our selection was weak. No, the selection that was available, an to offering, us. a weak offering. Well, it's also a selection. I mean, I mean, if you say well, you're offered a selection, well, selection means there's more than there is. Well, there's a lot. <laughs> okay, um, I. I People are making stuff a little too busy. They're trying to jack in all kinds of jokes. Well, these with, are new. A lot of new artists are coming. I know, in with stuff that's unreadable. Yeah, we have to explain. It. So the si- when you look at the size of the overview page, the submitted art, that's pretty much the size it's going to be in any podcast app. So if you can't read it at that size, you can't read it. And the icons will tend to be even smaller if it's just an icon overview. So you know the stuff that just has a lot of like. You know, trees kill people in the background and uh, little tiny, oh, like Tesla on a moon rock. No, it, 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 we're just not going to be able to see it. Yeah, I mean, Lone Wolf did a piece that's got a rocket says ITM on it. And then it says, now with OTA. And it's in a black background with dark green lettering. You can't read it. Yeah, very hard to read. Exactly. Um, and the one next to it, which is Tanta Neal. So she tried to do a, a takeoff on uh, improperly. You know, that was an FBI unproperly. But you can't, you know, it's a Scrabble board and it's all funny, but you can't see it. It will never show, it will never translate. We need big, bold, obvious, uh, obvious things. Yeah. Like. Uh, well, I like blow the, agenda. The blow agenda. <laughs> there you go. Blow agenda is exactly what we what we needed. Thank you very much, Mike Riley, and thank you to all the artists who helped out. This is part of our full value for value system. It's the new international lifestyle. We've been living it for a while. Uh, time, talent, or treasure. If you can't uh, contribute to the treasure, you can always uh, contribute your time or talent, such as noagendaartgenerator.com. dot com. You can, if you're listening live, you can refresh as the artists are making stuff as we go uh as the topics come up uh and you can always go back uh, in hindsight and take a look at um take a look at all the different opportunities these also you know they uh, show up at noagendashop.com with uh, t-shirts hats mugs hoodies all kinds of cool things uh, where the artist gets a piece of the action uh, they donate to us and of course the shop keeps them rolling 
it's it's a beautiful thing. Almost no one has this. So we're very, very protective of it and very appreciative of these artists who are doing that for us. Now let's uh, thank our executive and associate executive producers for today's uh, episode, 1482. Now, we like to assign titles for people who come in over $200. That will be associate executive producer. Over three is executive producer. These are credits that are real. You can go look at IMDb right now. You'll see all kinds of Hollywood bigwigs who have also uh, financed and executive produced uh, episodes of No Agenda. So it's a real thing. And we <laughs> kick it off. You okay? Bless you. With Keenan Cassidy. And Keenan is from Boise, Idaho. John and Adam, thank you for the value you've provided to me over the last three years. This is $1,000. This is long overdue. All right. I humbly request the title of Sir Cass, ringleader of Clown World. <laughs> yes. Please reserve ribeyes and red wine at the round table. John's choice of wine. Okay, John, do you have a choice that we should give for this fine producer? I need to add that a to nine, the list. A 2005 Richbourg. Ooh, hold on a second. A 2005 Richbourg? Yeah, R-I-C-H-E-B-O-U-R-G. And what uh, kind of a wine is this? It's probably one of the best burgundies you'll ever have in your life. Hmm. Is it expensive? Because uh, the guys over at the round table gave me a weird look. Uh, it's, uh, you could probably get a bottle for 500 bucks. <sighs> no wonder they gave me a weird look. <laughs> All right. Jingle requests, rubbleizer, goat karma, and a dedouching. You've been dedouched. India, hang on. You've got karma. And we'll see you at the podium later on, Keenan. Uh, Derek Campbell's up next, and he's in Marcy, New York. <clears throat> I don't know where the hell that is. 591.72. And he's got some jingles. Uh, uh, defend your freedom, great vo- giant voice system. <laughs> oh, that's an oldie. Yeah. Uh, fact check false. Long time boner, first time donor. Can I get a dedouching? He needs. Well, so You've been dedouched. Please have me do the birthday list as I complete my 50th trip around the sun at 991. Adam, you always mention being recognized for Headbangers Ball, but what about Dial MTV? <laughs> yes. Yes, the precursor to, total re- to TRL, Total Request Live. Yeah, uh, thank you. Oh, it's you. not Dial MTV for murder? No, it was Dial MTV to get New Kids on the Block played, which, of course, everybody hated, so they they messed with it, even though New Kids on the Block was number one request for months and months. They never showed up. I mean, that's strange. They never came to... Oh, they, no, they, they were supposed to show up? I thought it was videos. No, they were supposed to show up on the on the list for Dial MTV. They, they never appeared, even though everyone seemed to be requesting it. It was the weirdest thing. You'd think there was some corruption going on. Sounds like it. I have a lot more to say, but want to respect John's wishes and keep it succinct. Well, thank you. <laughs> All right. Interesting uh, choice of jingles. Thank you. Here we go. I haven't played this in a long time. Intelligence work takes place within a strong legal framework. We operate under the rule of law and are accountable for it. In some countries, secret intelligence is used to control their people. 
In ours, it only exists to protect their freedoms. Protect their freedoms. Protect their freedoms. Protect their freedoms. This is not the giant voice. Wait, here it comes. This is a test. <laughs> this is a test of the outdoor warning system. Fact check false. This All is right. only a test. There you go. There's your giant voice system. They used to have one of those in uh, San Francisco near the uh, Mevio uh, offices. Yes. The first Tuesday of every month, wasn't it? I think it was up more often than that, but that was once a week, but maybe not. Possible. But yeah, they would sound almost identical to that. And it had the voice, it had the whole thing. It was pretty close. I think it was like a few blocks away. I'm curious that uh, that this, uh, this, next, um, this next entry on our list of donors today did not get its proper title assigned Ladies to and gentlemen, I present the Grand Duke of the Pacific Northwest, Sir Dwayne Melanson. There you go. The Grand Duke of the Pacific Northwest, Dwayne Melanson, Newburgh, Oregon, 580. Thank you very much, Grand Duke. Happy birthday, Adam. Oh, 580 for 58 times 10. Thank you. Could I have a biscuit? Oh, have a biscuit on this important day. They always give me a biscuit on my birthday. And then he ends up with a little bit of Dutch. Van harte gefeliciteerd met je verjaardag. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Sir Jimmy in Summerfield, North Carolina. Three, four, five, six, seven. Fantastic number. We sold the first AC signed hollow book <laughs> in over 1,000 shows, fellas. Oh, that's so funny. They're, they're lined up. Thanks to No Agenda Social, we have two more for sale right now on freehollowbooks.com. Did it while you can, people. You got the Adam Curry signature in there. I'm going to be whatever comes after night, which is a baronet. Thank, is he on, he's not on the upgrade list, though. He just pushed this in there and nobody yep. noticed. Uh, so does that mean so he's make a, him a baronet? Baronet, Sir Jimmy will be. Uh, thanks, fellas. Sir Jimmy, a dude named Jeff from NA Social says, thank you very much to Jimmy for a wonderful product. And Adam and John for such a great show. He would also, <laughs> I don't, I'm not quite getting why he's relaying this information, but okay. Why not? He would, <laughs> he would also like to recommend everyone go check out YoNoAgenda.com, a marketplace of businesses from fellow No Agenda producers like Hollow Books. Oh. If you or, or another No Agenda producer has a business that you would like included in the directory, Visit the site and submit their shop or service. That's yanoagenda.com. Oh. So it's yeah, 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 no agenda. Yeah, no agenda. Okay. Yeah, no agenda. And uh, shout out to the smoking hot girlfriend he met at the No Agenda meetup last year, uh, Holly B, for being so sweet. Thank you for your courage. You know, I, I, I hear more and more of this. Um, I wonder if it was a donation note, but I think... Uh, let see. One of our producers wrote in and said, uh, what I do with my dates is uh, first date, I take them to a meetup. If they survive it past that, they've got to listen to an episode, you know, and then, and then, then there's something worth considering. It's trial hmm. by fire, though. That could backfire real bad. We like it, though. Uh, thank you very much, Sir Jimmy. It wouldn't, actually, it wouldn't backfire. 
because you would get you'd get it out of the way whether or not you're going to get along with this woman or or guy or guy. Yeah, exactly. Carol Kemmerer is in Kutztown, Pennsylvania, with our favorite three thirty three dot thirty three. Now I went from Sir Jimmy to Carol. Did I miss something? What did I miss? What did oh, I skip? I'm sorry. The problem I'm looking at is the next one, which is also from Kutztown, Pennsylvania. Ah, well, Scott Kemmerer. Ah, uh, looks like they're in cahoots. These two. I so. wonder if they live at the same address. Let's see. My son, Sir Michael, Black Knight of the dude's name Ben, punched me in the mouth for my birthday in May. I gave birth to him, and this is the thanks I get? Being called out as a douchebag on the best podcast in the universe? Please de-douche me immediately. <laughs> You've been de-douched. And then, and then uh, Carol shows her, uh, her, um, her heritage with the show by requesting, don't be a denier, don't look over here, nothing to see here, and coincidence, I think not. These are OG, Carol, I love it. Don't be a the science is in. Science. Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. Coincidence? Oh. I think not. Oh, that was a different one. <laughs> it's a different one. Yeah, it's a very different one. Now, it's interesting. The science, don't be a denier. We've had that, I would say, 13 years. It's one of our. It's we had, very early on. It actually stems from Climate Gate. Climate Gate. So that was 2012. So 10 years. Was it Climate Gate 2012? It was earlier. I don't remember. Earlier. And and don't be a denier. The science is in. And this and it doesn't matter. Now a decade further, it's still the science is in. Shut up. It's just it's an evergreen. It's a beautiful evergreen. Scott Kemmerer is next in Cutstown, Pennsylvania. Three 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 dot three three. And he complains, my son Michael hit us in the mouth earlier this year, but this is my first donation, so please de-douche me. You've been de-douched. Let us honor, let us honor Michael for his work. He has successfully made both his parents support the show. Yes. Good Thanks, work, Michael. Michael. Good, Good work. work. My wife Carol will be sending in a similar donation when she has time. Which she did. (laughs) She sure did. Please play You're Scaring Me, Joe Biden. Resist We Much and Yak Karma. Thanks, Scott. Kurtztown, Pennsylvania. You're scary, so scary. But resist We Much. We must and we will much about that be committed. You've got Karma. I love that. The family is definitely uh, playing it together. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, up next, we have Bruno Baudry, 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 from uh, Mascouche, Mascouche, Quebec, Canada, 333.33. It's probably uh, uh, dollarettes, but we accept those and we're grateful for it. And no, that came in as American money. Oh, it did. He wants ants, that's true. Goat karma, it's pronounced maskush. Got that? Uh, as in de-douche. Oh, please de-douche. You've been de-douched. So uh, first maskush de-douche. It's a, you know, the, if you got a de-douche, you might as well do it with maskush. That's the way to go. I am a Canadian exiled in Florida. Oh, that's interesting. So you, so you don't have it that bad then. 
thinking like we got to feel bad. That's why it came in in, uh, in American dollars. Mm-hmm. I just played my fourth ice hockey game here and I got bit 16 times because my equipment was covered with these a-holes. A? Hmm. Is that a term, a, a hockey term? I'm not uh, under, get bit? Is that a hockey term? I don't know. Never heard it. Hey. No. You might get bit, but you won't get bit by a hockey. You get bit by uh, some ants. I got ants. I got ants. Uh, I don't know. That's if true. We had a, you know, ants. We hey, had ant play. Hey, uh, hit it, damn it. I was thinking if you de- <laughs> if you desiccated here? a that's what I wanted to play. ants and then you've got karma. Damn ants ruin everything. All right, so now we have an interesting situation. Van Jackson came here at three thirty-three thirty-three from. Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and I don't know if he's related, but I, I'm thinking probably not to another donation of three thirty-three thirty-three that came in as cash, uh, and one of the bills was stuck to some glue, and there was this, there was that, and the, that's the not note glue. Was, that's not glue, John. What? <laughs> it wasn't glue. What was it? It's a bad joke. It's a bad, bad fan mail joke. I'm sorry didn't mean to make it so uh and then there was a note written on a heart in black ink and dark red paper couldn't be scanned Hmm. okay and so now we have the the cash the note that couldn't be scanned which i have here okay okay good 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 and the note has scant information on it and the envelope of course is separated from the note as it happens when you open these things and pile them up and so i don't know who this is but it reads the following way. Thank you for the show. This is a switcheroo. Oh. All right. That makes it even funnier. Well, I don't know if it's for this guy or not. Oh. See, that's the problem. Oh, oh, oh. It may not be for him. So we just have to add this. Please de-douche my mom, Angie. <laughs> You've been de-douched. And she needs to be added to the birthday list. Okay. And then it says happy birthday. So we don't have her age. We don't have her name except Angie. We don't have the name of the donor. We don't have the name of where the donor is located because that information was not provided. Okay. Uh, and it was cash. So it wasn't on a check that we could take the information off of. Well. It may have been on the envelope, but that envelope is gone. Freedom sucks, man. So <laughs> can you put Angie. Angie's on the list. I just added her. For a happy birthday. And that'll be that. You okay. got it. You got it. You got it. Do we it's get the best we can do? So we do a little double up karma just since uh, we, yeah, we can. Somebody a double up. You've got double up karma. Yeah. All right. Uh, then we have David Dickman, who's in East Northport, New York, three thirty three thirty three. Dear Adam, happy birthday, you whippersnapper! Oh, thank you very much. That's appreciated. Since my last executive producer donation last September, my keeper and I got immunized the natural way by catching and recovering from COVID-19 Delta. Unvaccinated, unboosted, with a long list of comorbidities, it was certainly not any fun. But not much worse than your typical bad case of the flu. Humanity brought to its knees for no good reason. Stupidity reigns! 
And a happy first anniversary shout out to my daughter, Duck Lynn, and her husband, Sir Dave from Dementia B or whatever. And as they're still practicing, please give them some baby making R2D2 karma. I as a fellow granddad in the making. I hear you. Get busy, people. Today's donations, 333.33 plus 1482. That must be lower on the list. Take me past the $1,000 donation threshold for knighthood. Please knight me, Sir Dave of the Clay Pits, and add popcorn and ice cream to the table for my celebration, as this is the second Sunday of the week. Indeed, the No Agenda Show truly is the best podcast in the universe. Keep up the good work. When you pass the 20th anniversary, (laughs) it will seem like the upcoming 15th anniversary was just the other day. Yeah, maybe. Lastly, I'm a peanut fister from long before I ever encountered John and will remain so. Sincerely, soon to be Sir Dave of the Clay Pits. All righty then. You've got karma. Get busy, kids. Anonymous 333 from BC, Canada. Didn't say a town. I'm guessing Spuzzum. Greetings and such. Please switcheroo this donation to my sister Kelly. Okay. She's not a producer, so please deduce her. You've been deduced. Does Kelly have a last name? Oh, he's anonymous, so he wouldn't it's give anonymous. her a last There's name. There's no last name. Okay, got it. Check. Uh, add her to the belated birthday list for the August 31st, which she's on. Kelly is a Canadian with epilepsy who is currently taking a training for a solo bike ride across the U.S. She'll be embarking from B.C. in February, planning to bike from Big Sur, California, to Key West, Florida. Yikes. That's over 5,000 kilometers or 3,000 miles in freedom units. Her goals are to raise awareness, collect donations, support any epilepsy, of epilepsy foundations, to document stories from those afflicted with epilepsy. Census stats show that 1% of the global population has epilepsy. I know that seems like a lot to me when I first heard it. If you have a story to share, time, you know someone who doesn't, who does, tangent, or you simply wish to support her and the charity's treasure, please visit Storytelling Seizures, Mm. all one word, storytellingseizures.org. So proud of you, Cal. Wishing you many fruitful training sessions and safe travels. P.S. Happy birthday, Adam. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, no other requests, I guess, huh? Okay. Except no. for all that's on the list. You got it. You got it. You got it. Ryan Guterres is in Las Vegas, Nevada, 333. And he says, it's a long note, so we included a TLDR. We appreciate that. So I can read the TLDR. Uh, he has He's had some woke issues, is what he's complaining about. Um, I tried to sponsor a fighting game live stream for $300 to promote my new free fighting game ebook available on gutex.com. G-O-O-T-E-C-K-S. He doesn't mention what the name of the book is, which I think is uh, an oversight on his part. But because the woke mob hates me, the guy refunded my money. So I thought I would send it to the best podcast in the universe since you guys are largely responsible for me snapping out of the M5M propaganda. Oh, we're happy to do that, man. It's called Evo in Las Vegas. Oh, that was the tournament, Evo in Las Vegas. But what was the name of his book? I don't see it anywhere. 
All right. Well, uh, let us know. We'll, we'll gladly put a link in that later on for you. Jingle request. Biden, get vaccinated. Obama, you might die. Sharpton, resist me much. And millennial karma, if possible. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for that. Thank you for your courage. May you never find an exit strategy from Gutex. Oh, Gutex. That's his website. Gutex.com. Get vaccinated. You, you might die. But resist we much. We must and we will much about that be committed. You've got karma. <laughs> I have a new one. You want the latest? Yeah. You want the latest? Yeah. The- is what kind of karma is this? Well, this that millennial? was a, that was millennial karma. Yeah, that was millennial. What's the next one? Well, this is old guy karma for you and me. I don't. Okay. Ha- I haven't put. I just have the element. I haven't put the karma bit in yet. Here it is. Air horn. Air horn. Air horn. And I think that's more our level. So when you want the air horn, we just play that. <laughs> Sean Douglas at Glen Ewan, Saskatchewan, uh, Canada. Two five eight four five. Uh, well, there's an arrow on here. I should move it. Four seven. Okay. Uh, can't thank you enough for the work you do. Two hundred dollars for the associate producer creds. Fifty eight bucks for Adam's birthday Saturday, and forty seven cents for mine on Friday. ITM, no jingles, no karma. Beautiful, thank you. Robert Platt is in Westville, Ohio, Westerville, Ohio. Two fifty six. Hello, John and Adam. I just donated two fifty six to your excellent podcast. Uh, I will need to be deduced. You've been deduced. He says it may require a double dose. As I as I'm an academic. No, you're good, man. You're good. You're good. You're good with this one. I'd also like some jobs, Karma, for my students. Now jobs, that's cool. That's jobs, cool, man. jobs, and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. You got Karma. Are you going to force them to listen? Force your students to listen to this. Good work. For person to listen. Uh, I'll get a couple here because this is a blank. Sean Dossie in Midland, Texas. Unless you got a note, two, three, four, six, nine, we'll give him a double karma. That's what it requires. You've got karma. Now, let me wrap this up with Darius Unity in Upper Marlboro, uh, Maryland, 20792. Y'all are the Delta keg of pods. As far think, as any obj, I think that's standard a compliment. Goes bless up. I think that's a compliment. I'm not sure yet. Uh, and uh, last on a list of uh, producers and executive producers and associate executive producers is Dame Jill of the Mobile Mansion in Thousand Oaks, California. Two hundred bucks. Happy birthday, September third, Adam. Dame right. Jill of the Mobile Ma- Mansion. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Fifty eight. You don't really feel old. Because you don't feel old, but it's also it's not that six number, you know, and I haven't got to level six yet. Here comes six. Yeah. What's, six is lurking. What's worse is my kid just turned 32. Now, that's frightening to me because I can see 40. I'm like, my kid's going to be 40. What am I? How am I still walking around? Makes no sense. Thank you to these executive what and kind of, what kind of uh, What kind of brainwashing did you go through as a kid? I just remember when my dad turned 40. It was one of those moments, and so how old was I? Um, it was probably 10? Can't, no, maybe, maybe it was, maybe it was only, I just remember, he, there was a moment, he was 30 or 40, maybe it was 30. And I remember like, man, that's so ancient. <laughs> yeah, no, I, what kind of programming? Yeah, bad programming, believe me. 
thank you to these executive and associate executive producers. We really appreciate the support you've given us, your time, your talent, but most of all, your treasure today. If you'd like to become a producer, we'll have more to thank in the second segment. It's a very simple website. You go there, you can read about everything, especially how to become a producer. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Thank you all for producing episode 1,482 of the best podcast in the universe. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Um, it was a lot from our president saying crazy stuff backed up by his spokeshole. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Jean-Pierre Valdin. Oh, she's got to go. Everyone's noticing I it mean, now. I she, mean, she, really, she really doubled down on uh, President Biden saying that, uh, you know, the Republicans are radical, I think. Let's hear what well, she... Well, she doesn't have any trouble doing that. As you recall, and I've said this before, she used to be on MSNBC as a contributor yeah. and more norm- her more normal self, mm-hmm. and she was just a hater. She is a hater. Now, here's an, a prime example. The president thinks that there is an extremist threat to our democracy. Uh, the president has been clear, as he can be, on that particular uh, piece when we talk about a democracy, when we talk about our freedoms. Uh, the way that he sees is the MAGA Republicans are the most energized part of the Republican Party. Uh, the, that extreme, this is an extreme threat to our democracy, to our freedom, uh, to our rights. <laughs> to our rights. I mean, that's, that's pretty inflammatory. I think so. I think it's, uh, she should be fired on the spot. Ah, no, can't do that. I have a CBS Evening News uh, report, uh, an overview of the president uh, and his stop. I guess Pennsylvania is good for him. He gets all fired up. People show up for him. So when people come out, which is good, he can talk about you know being a lifeguard in the in the blackest neighborhood. And he was the only white guy in Corn Pop. Yeah. And he can talk about how AR-15. I got hairy legs. AR-15 bullets travel faster than, you know, like ballistic uh, missiles from Russia. I mean, the guy is, he's losing the plot. For God's sake, whose side are you on? I don't know. In the battleground state of Pennsylvania today, President Biden sought to flip an age-old political script, slamming Republicans as soft on crime. Let me say this to my MAGA Republican friends in Congress. Don't tell me you support law enforcement. If you won't condemn what happened on the 6th, don't tell me. He cited conservatives who have downplayed. You know, this report didn't include the president saying that an armed mob, an armed army of insurrectionists tried to change the uh, the presidential vote in the United States and killed police officers while they were doing it. All lies. All lies. All, every single one of them. But it doesn't matter. Clap, clap. Don't tell me. He cited conservatives who have downplayed the January 6th insurrection and called to defund the FBI as it investigates former President Donald Trump. There's no place in this country, no place 
for endangering the lives of law enforcement. I'm opposed to defunding the police. I'm also opposed to defunding the FBI. President Biden's more aggressive tone comes as his party's prospects improve. The latest CBS News battleground tracker shows Democratic support from white women with college degrees has jumped nine points in one month. Yeah, get them white women. I'm determined to ban assault weapons in this country. Determined. I did it once before, Mm -hmm. and I'll do it again. Today, President Biden laid out his crime plan, which includes $13 billion to hire and train 100,000 new police officers. What he should say here is, I did a crime bill in 94, and I got a new one. You're going to like it. If you don't like it, you ain't black. Republican Senator Ron Johnson <laughs> stumping for re-election in Wisconsin hand the idea. I'm sure he's, he's going to spend more money that we don't have, exacerbate inflation, um, not accomplish whatever goal it's trying to accomplish. So what I would like to point out here is that this is the script that the mainstream plays. Fox is playing it too. The script is, you know, first... Republicans are going to wipe the floor with everybody. Now it's, oh, man, the Democrats are gaining a little ground. Oh, it looks like a nose length. Looks like they're neck and neck. You know, we have to we have to start now, get the squeeze. So everybody thinks it's really close, a real close race, because that gets the advertising money in. Would you agree? Well, we agree every time there's an election, every two years, we have this thesis that we promote which is that all these polls, which are now half-owned by the media, yeah. uh, if you haven't noticed, something, something ABC, something, something CBS, yeah. Yeah. Um, to get to people on both sides to think that this is a tight race that needs more spending, you have to spend more money yeah. so your guy gets in, yeah. so let's get these you know, neck and neck, and so spend more money because your guy's going to lose if you don't spend more money because, look, he's losing in the polls. And then it comes out, whatever it comes out at the end. It's got nothing to do with the polls are wrong all the time. Every year, well, the pollsters are wrong this year. I mean, come on. How many times? This is a Lucy in the football moment. Yeah, exactly. Every two years we go through this, it's the same script. It's so so tight. It's so close. Oh, the polls were wrong. It's tiring because it's always the same. And, And all sides play it. They all play it. Yeah, well, it's to get to extract the money from people's, yeah, to extract money from people. Mm-hmm. Yes, from, from media. <laughs> media for extra- media. For media. For media. Extracts, extracts for media, yes. yes. Yeah, so the media is in on the scam because they're the ones who benefit. Yep. It is their scam. It's not even the, I mean, it's their scam. This is the scam they pull. That's what their, that's their job, as far as I'm concerned. Well, they, like they said, I mean, remember we had a clip from Les Moonves. Uh, it was oh, a, one of those conference that was a calls years one. ago. That was when he Trump said, was oh, running. This is the great, this is Trump election is fabulous because we made so much money this quarter on advertising. Yeah. Want to hear that one again? The advertising climate couldn't be better right now. And I've never seen it this hot for a number of years. Third quarter scatter was phenomenally good, and fourth is even better than that. So as the year ends and we move into 16, guess what? In 16, we have an extra AFC champion playoff game. We have the Super Bowl, and we have a year of political advertising that looks like it's shaping up to be pretty phenomenal. You know, we love having 
all 16 Republican candidates throwing crap at each other. It's great. The more they spend, the better it is for us. And uh, go Donald. Keep, keep getting out there. And, uh, you know, this is, this is fun. You know, the, uh, you know, watching this, let them spend money on us. And we love having them in, in there. And we're looking forward to a very exciting political year in 16. Go Donald. Remember those days? Yeah. Go Donald. <laughs> Go Donald, everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's the scam and it's going on. It's going to continue. We're going to see less more of it. There's going to be a lot of this. Uh, and then you had Biden on the stump with the crap he's been saying. Of course, he's, I only, I'm going to get some clips from that because I was over clips. So I couldn't get any of the Biden, good Biden stuff. You had one. But I have the, the Biden in Scranton where he just shows up. This is the first thing he says. Hold on a second. But here he is. Almost. We're almost near. We're almost in heaven. We're almost in Scranton. <laughs> almost. Being raised in Scranton, they used to say, you're going down the line. At any rate, you know. Uh, and <laughs> you go down the line at any rate. Uh, blah, blah. I, had, I, had, so I, he, I had something we need to talk about because someone emailed us about it. Neither of us. Well, I think I kind of half caught it. We kind of let it go. This was about the definition of fascism, which seems to have changed. Yeah. Uh, I'll replay uh, a little bit of Jean-Pierre, uh, Karina Abdul-Jean-Pierre Van Damme. Uh, only semi-fascism. Come oh, on. yeah. yeah. Uh, this is when Biden called uh, them fascists. Let's hear. Something we're going to hear more of, that phrase. Is it something the president's going to kind of embrace? Or is there any sense that it was, uh, you know, a little impromptu and it's going to turn into a kind of basket of deplorable thing that he regrets and then tries to be quiet about? I, look, I was very clear when, uh, when laying out uh, and defining uh, what uh, you know, MAGA Republicans have done, and you look at the definition of fascism, and you think about uh, what they're doing in, in attacking our democracy, what they're doing in taking away uh, our freedoms, uh, taking away, wanting to take away our rights, our voting rights. I mean, that is what that is. It is very clear, and that's why he made that um, that uh, that powerful speech uh, that you heard uh, from him last night, and. He has not shied away from saying that. Now, I think we both, maybe incorrectly, could be Mandela. Mandela effect. But I think we both thought that there was a specific type, form of how government and production run together in a fascist state. Well, there was, the synonym for fascism used to always be corporatism. Right. And that is when the government and the corporations, which is what's going on they now. They colluded, yeah, yeah. If anybody's doing fascism, it's the Biden administration, but I think it's been going on. But what she's doing is she, uh, she con- and what the president is doing, <coughs> is conjuring images of Mussolini and Hitler and say, well, let's clearly, these guys, look at these guys, Hitler. Don't worry that you are mandated to inject things into yourself by people who all speak with, you know, kind of like a Nazi accent, which makes it even crazier. Oh, the presidents talk like that. But um, I don't think we ignored anything. I think we just. No, I, mean, I no, don't think we, we, we missed. It. No, I don't think we missed anything. I think we ignored it because it's dumb. Uh, this has been going around. This is from uh, this is some black and white video that uh, is on. Uh, uh, it's going around, and I thought it was fun to play. In 1943, the following directive was issued from party headquarters to all communists in the United States. It read. When certain obstructionists become too irritating, label them, after suitable buildups, as fascist or Nazi or anti-Semitic. 
and use the prestige of anti-fascist and tolerance organizations to discredit them. In the public mind, constantly associate those who oppose us with those names which already have a bad smell. The association will, after enough repetition, become fact in the public mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's an old classic. It's a, exactly I want to talk a, a little bit about Mar-a-Lago, and I had a bunch of clips, but I only want to go to the ones where I'm doing a little deconstructing of NPR slant. Okay. So I have these NPR slant clips, and what I'm going to do here is show you how biased and slanted NPRs, they have this one reporter. <laughs> you, that don't wants, need, you don't need to spend any time. We believe you. But we're, no, I, well, I, know, we, I'm, I like to exemplify it I once like in it. a while. No, I like it. It's good. So, and my, my favorite example is actually in these clips, and I'm going to play it. But it's this woman, the way she is like, ah, oh, she's just this woman, this announcer, she's oh, Trump, oh, God. <laughs> and you can just hear it in oh, her voice that she oh. just hates him. But let's go with NPR Slant 1. Since the FBI search of Mar-a-Lago, former President Trump has claimed that he completely cooperated with investigators. Okay. All right. Now, this is the main complaint I have, which is that the use of the word claimed mm-hmm. instead of said. Yep. Yep, yep. yep. That is a loaded word. And that is a, a, an example of being slanted in your reporting NPR mm-hmm. by using the word claimed, which is a loaded word that implies he lied. And uh, uh, did they, a, at any point, did they use the term without evidence? Um, I don't know. This another, is another the clips. But, but let me just finish this. When you say claim, oh, he claimed <laughs> is just a way of slanting the story immediately. She does it right at the beginning uh-huh. to immediately put in the mind, the doubt in the minds of the listeners. Oh, he was a liar. <laughs> and instead of saying says which is what he did he said or tweeted or posted or did something yeah something objective not you know claimed without evidence would have taken it too far i think especially at the beginning (laughs) even for that so let's let's go to the rest of it and you can just hear it in her voice here we go two the justice department says in a new court filing that that is just not true the department also provided new details on the high profile investigation stopping so they said it's not what it's not true that he claimed. Yeah, this, this <laughs> I mean, is, yeah, exactly. Yeah, this. the way it's structured now is that Trump claimed blah blah blah, and the Justice Department said it's not true. So his it's claim. not true that he, he claimed it. Claimed? Yeah, it's it's. Well, weird. I thought he said something, but no, what? But you no. know what? You so, don't have the sophistication of the typical NPR listener. Otherwise, you wouldn't question this. You understand these things. Yeah, it's all built in. Okay, go on. True. The department also provided new details on the high-profile investigation. And joining us now with more details is NPR Justice Correspondent Ryan Lucas. Hi, Ryan. Hi there. Hi there. Okay, so this new document that the Justice Department just filed in court is something like 36 pages long. Oh, what? Oh, 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 oh. Why the laughing, John? Why the laughing? <laughs> is it is that a crazy long 36 pages? I'm just trying to understand. Well, I don't know. I read it. I read it. Well, did you laugh you while you were reading? You probably read it too. Yeah. But why does she say that in that, in deme- it's demeaning. She's yeah. like, <laughs> she's, it, 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 the thinking would be like this. Can you believe it's 36? That's how much evidence they have against this liar. And so okay, she's so laughing. Oh, dog- oh my God. It's a whole 36 pages just for a t- <laughs> whatever. So it's worth, I, I cut it there because of this laugh that she throws in. Which is, again, biased. This is not reporting. This is laughing. 
Heather. Okay, so this new document that the Justice Department just filed in court is something like 36 pages long. Mm-hmm. What is what is in there? Uh, a lot. In this document gives us uh, really the most detailed look yet into the government's uh, long-running efforts to get back from Trump classified materials and other presidential records that were taken to Mar-a-Lago after he left office. Remember, Trump was supposed to turn all the government documents that ended up at Mar-a-Lago over to the National Archives back in January. But the FBI learned that more classified documents were still at the Florida estate. And so in May, it got a grand jury subpoena for any documents that remain there. In response, Trump attorneys say they did a thorough search of Mar-a-Lago, including a storage room where boxes were kept, uh, and that they gathered together all the remaining classified documents. And then when a senior Justice Department official and FBI agents visited Mar-a-Lago in June, Trump's lawyers handed over one uh, red weld envelope, double wrapped in tape. That envelope contained 38 classified documents, including some that were marked top secret. And they said that was everything. 38 classified documents, one envelope. So, oh, oh my God. no, 38. Oh, this is so insulting to my intelligence. Oh, oh, 38. Oh, my God. All marked top secret. Oh, <laughs> All right, let's go on to uh, the last of this. No, you got this crap. is three. You got two more. This is, now we're doing three. Thirty. Oh, there's five. No, there's uh, there's four. Oh. But I stopped one, and you thought that you would stop it, but it was my. Oh, no, I my thought genius. that I thought you paid, played three. No, no, no. I played two. I stopped two. Yeah, I know. But then I on, on three I could. Uh, to, to, this is three. I'm, we're about to play three. Three is okay. 38 classified documents, one envelope. So Trump's representative said that that was everything, but then the FBI heard from witnesses that there were still more classified materials there? That's right. The department says the FBI had evidence that government documents were likely concealed and removed from that storage room where they were being held and that efforts were likely taken to obstruct the government's investigation. And remember, one of the crimes the FBI is investigating here relates to obstruction. And when the FBI searched Mar-a-Lago on August 8th, agents found more highly classified documents. The department says some of those documents were so sensitive that even the FBI agents and DOJ attorneys needed additional security clearance, security clearances. Little laugh tell for him there as well. He tries to hide it, but uh, listen. Uh, I missed yeah, that one yeah, first yeah, time yeah, around. Listen, Put, back listen. it up. I want to hear it. Some of those documents were so sensitive that even the FBI agents and DOJ attorneys. <laughs> even the FBI and DOJ, they couldn't even look at it. It had to be reclassified. Some of those documents were so sensitive that even the FBI agents and DOJ attorneys needed additional security clearance security clearances before they could review right. them. Uh, right. The department notes that the FBI recovered twice <laughs> Hold on. Right. security clearances before they could review right. them. Uh, right. The department notes that the FBI recovered twice as many classified documents in a couple of hours in oh, Mar-a-Lago as Trump's attorneys did in weeks of their quote-unquote diligent search there. And the department says that cast doubt on the extent of Trump's cooperation. Lock this guy up. Throw the key away. He's horrible. Now, a couple of things come to mind with that clip, which is they know they're going after top secret documents. So why didn't they take bring in the top secret cleared guys right at the beginning? Oh, excellent point. Makes no sense unless they're doing it just for effect. Yeah. Oh my God, it's top secret. We got to bring in uh, bigger specialists. So you guys that really know what they, they they cleared for this kind of thing. Your eyes only kind of thing. Yeah. So it's bull crap. I would say it's possibly bull crap. Yeah. I would say it is bull crap. But continue with the last of it. 
Okay, I want to talk about a particular photo because in its filing, Uh, the Justice Department, including this photo that shows classified documents found in Trump's office at Mar-a-Lago, and these documents were clearly marked secret and top secret, which which seems pretty important. Can you talk a little more about this photo? Right. Uh, It says a couple of things. One, it makes clear that there's no way to argue that there could be any confusion that these were classified documents. They have bright red or yellow cover sheets with secret or top secret and bold red letters on them. Uh, On top of that, the government says classified Classified materials were found in Trump's desk drawer mixed in with other documents. Oh, no. Now, I spoke with David Lofman. Uh, he used to lead the Justice Department's counterintelligence division, and he says the fact that classified documents were just mixed in with Trump's personal effects matters because it makes it reasonable to infer that Trump had a personal interest in keeping those classified documents even in the face of a grand jury subpoena. Here's Lofman. I think some of the additional factual revelations in the filing make stronger the government's potential criminal case against the former president of the United States for unlawful retention of national defense information, as well as his potential complicity in obstruction of justice. In other words, the new details here suggest Trump's legal peril may be greater than we previously knew. Hmm. So what's next in these proceedings? Well, there's a hearing tomorrow in federal court in Florida on Trump's request for an independent special master to review the documents seized at Mar-a-Lago for potentially privileged uh, reasons. Uh, the Justice Department opposes that. It says there's no legal basis for it. And it says the FBI has already gone through everything that was taken at Mar-a-Lago. This oh, is oh, I see. The FBI bull. already went through this. You don't need some third party, some neutral party to... To, to do a little refereeing here, they, whatever the FBI says is goes. Who are we kidding here? And isn't it, if I recall from years and years ago, isn't it that many ex-presidents actually get presidential briefings? They get copied on security stuff for a long time after, they, after they're gone? Yeah, and a lot of them keep a lot of, ex, uh, a lot of stuff. secret documents. I mean, I guess Clinton, they've dug up the fact that he still has a bunch of stuff. But while we're listening to that, let's just play this clip, the FBI quits guy. Oh, yeah. This is this is quite an interesting case. A top FBI agent has reportedly resigned after allegations of political bias. A former FBI agent told our reporter how this might affect the Bureau and its investigations. Multiple mm-hmm. news outlets report that top-level FBI agent Timothy Tebow resigned from the Bureau last week. That's after criticism from Republican Senator Chuck Grassley, who said Tebow showed political bias in his investigations. On Tuesday, Grassley responded to Tebow's reported resignation, saying this type of bias in high-profile investigations casts a shadow over all the Bureau's work that he was involved in, and that the effort to revive the FBI's credibility can't stop with his exit. In July, Grassley accused Tebow of purposely marking evidence against Hunter Biden as disinformation and then placing it in a restricted access file. FBI Director Christopher Wray was asked about Tebow's alleged bias earlier this month. He said the FBI wants to gather all information so they can go after such conduct. Mark Ruskin is a former FBI agent and the author of the book The Pretender, My Life Undercover for the FBI. He says he doesn't believe that the evidence against Hunter Biden is misinformation and says the FBI should renew the investigation. And now it'll be under you know, careful scrutiny, not just from within the FBI, but also from, uh, from Congress and the Senate. So how does this affect public opinion of the Bureau? Can Americans trust the Bureau and their other investigations, for example, into former President Trump? Ruskin says Tebow's scandal could actually help the FBI renew trust. If the investigation now can go forward without any 
ideological uh, interference, then it's a very positive development, and it it will renew trust of the FBI by the public. But Ruskin says it's also possible that the FBI just used Tebow as a scapegoat, as he was already in retirement age. NTD reached out to the FBI to confirm that Tebow resigned, but the Bureau said they don't comment on personal matters. Hmm. What do you think is going on? What do you think is going on? The little scapegoat item in there I thought was interesting because, yeah, that's a possibility. The guy's going to retire anyway. Anyway, Let's see if he gets his retirement. That's what you want to find out. If he gets full retirement benefits, (laughs) the whole thing's a scam. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's all you need to know. It's all cover, I guess. Well, you know, Morning Joe, they know what this is really about. Mika, and <laughs> they got it covered. There are reports that he might have some information or might have some papers with information on the French president. And just knowing and studying Donald Trump <laughs> and having known him in the past, that is exactly he, who he would be obsessed with. Um, just on Why? a personal what? level, you can just tell that that's something he would be very interested in because that's the kind of person he would be completely obsessed with. Uh, I I don't understand why, but I guess. Did she have any explanation whatsoever why he'd be obsessed with Macron? Because it's sex sex stuff. She's implying that it's sex stuff and that he would be obsessed with the sex stuff. Oh, because Macron likes to pee in the bed? Yeah, uh, only in Russia. That could be it. That could be it. And then the weirdest story, kind of, you know, hooking into your your FBI guy who quit, is like then this all of a sudden pops up. All right, time to check the pulse. We begin with a lawsuit from the only surviving member of the Monkees. And the drummer, Mickey Dolenz, is suing the Justice Department to obtain secret FBI files of the band. The FBI website shows there are two files on the Monkees, including one that is completely redacted. In the other file, an informant claims the group played to to live audiences using subliminal messages associated with left-wing politics. No comment from the FBI. See, I I remember those stories as a kid. Hey, man, you can't watch the monkeys. They do subliminal messaging in there, huh? (laughs) I just wonder why. It's just one of those things. Why does this pop up? Why? Why all of a sudden does Mickey Dolan's need to, I mean, suing the FBI, I guess, as a FOIA request? Yeah, but it's seen, <clears throat> dude, I was trying to read between the lines on the story, and I figured I don't think originally they knew about the second file. He, they all, the monkeys knew about the first file, mm-hmm. which was the file that I don't know. They're following him around and keeping track of him for some reason. Who knows why? Yeah. And, and then they, they, I think somebody in the agency or somebody told him there's a second file, mm. the secret one. And that's what he's suing for. Oh, he wants to see it. Oh, okay. All right. What's that all about? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> Give me a break. I have no idea. Nothing sounds good. Yeah, what, how about an example of the subliminal messages? There must be some nutcase out there that can show us one example and you know, slow it down or something. It was it was back in the day. I remember this being a meme. I don't remember I, ever being given an example. No, I don't either. I don't either. All right. I have no idea. No idea. Uh, let's see. Um, things I learned. Uh, oh, when you sign up for TikTok, which I know you have not done. Uh, do you know who is doing their onboarding checking to see that if accounts are real people? LexisNexis. 
which I thought was really that, interesting. That's a new service from them? Yes. Um, it's authentication service of new accounts. And if I understand how LexisNexis works, once you kind of connect with them, the whole point is you get you know to do stuff with data, you subscribe to that, but they also get your data and then they use that for more products. LexisNexis, I think, it, it, you know, it's one of those old companies that's just been around. They may be doing more than we think, or more, certainly more than we're aware of. Yeah, well, that's what you do if you're an old company and you and you gather data. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah. Well, go on. So I was just going to give a little monkeypox update since we were talking about the monkeys. Oh, yeah, you might as well. Yeah, might as well just say uh, that. Well, here's a, uh, here's a little monkeypox update. And we have some breaking news out of Texas to tell you about. Health officials there have Texas. confirmed the United States' first death of a person infected with monkeypox. The victim is an adult who lived in Harris County. That's in the eastern part of the state. Officials also said that the person was, quote, severely immunocompromised. They are investigating what role, if any, monkeypox played in that person's death. According to the CDC, more than 18,000 cases of monkeypox have been reported in the U.S. And there was a hilarious Reuters fact check that uh, circled in, on Texas Twitter. Um, Democratic hopeful for Texas. This is fact check, fact check, fact check. Reuters. Democratic hopeful for uh, Texas Governor Beto O'Rourke announced on Twitter August 28, 2022, that he had to postpone upcoming events due to a bacterial infection. Shortly after the announcement, social media users speculated he instead had monkeypox, but presented no evidence to substantiate their claims. That <laughs> was the funniest thing. Like Beto, Beto cancels for, and there's a lot of people canceling with um uh, what is it? Uh, bacterial infections. Uh huh. Yeah, monkeypox. Monkeypox. Yeah, we know how you got that, Beto. That was hilarious. Can't go handshaking <laughs> or whatever. Whatever Beto's doing on the road. Yeah, because well, you know well. only only you know, only certain kind of people can get that, as we know. Here's a story about the Russian dossier guy from New Tang Dynasty. Another story I haven't heard before. Ooh. Russian, Russian dossier guy. A judge ruled that a key source for the anti-Donald Trump dossier needs to explain yeah. why he needs to use classified information in his upcoming trial. Mm. Authorities say Igor Danchenko provided information for the documents compiled by the former British spy Christopher Steele. He is slated to go on trial later this year on five charges of lying to the FBI about the information. He appeared in Virginia for a closed-door hearing after he notified the court of his intent to use classified information in his defense. The judge ordered that he should specify what classified information he intends to use at the trial and why that information is necessary and relevant. Anchenko is a Russian national and was charged in November 2021. He pleaded not guilty and faces up to 25 years in prison if convicted. Hillary Clinton's campaign and other Democrats funded the anti-Trump report. So this is just a story that has no, I don't know what, what? I have no idea what. what why Why are about. they running with that? Why is New Tang Dynasty apparently the only thing that your television will receive? That <laughs> well, if you NPR, like New Tang Dynasty stuff, okay, I'll give you this I, one. I don't like New Tang Dynasty. They're very annoying. I mean, they, they have good information. Well, good. but they, I try to, I, I keep it to one every other show. This is the, so let's, here's what do you mean? You've I'm, had five today. No, every other show. Oh. Yeah, I don't. I didn't have any on the last show. So mm-hmm. there's another story that's not reported anywhere. This is the dr- This is a good one. This is the drone story. Oh yeah, no, I have this. This is uh, the water drone. Is that it? 
Yeah, I think so. Let me see. The U.S. military is yeah. sharing details of a tense confrontation that occurred between the U.S. Navy and the Iranian Navy in international waters. The U.S. Navy says it had to stop an Iranian ship from taking an American military drone in the Arabian Gulf. According to officials, U.S. forces were passing through the region Monday night. That's when they spotted an Iranian Navy support ship towing yeah. the unmanned <laughs> vessel. Yeah. The military uses the maritime drone for navigation and to collect data. American forces told the Iranians they wanted it back. In a standoff that lasted four hours, the Navy had to move a Seahawk helicopter to fly over the drone and position a patrol boat closer to the area. The Iranians eventually freed it and left the scene. The military says the drone did not have sensitive or classified information on it, but it is U.S. government property. Okay, I'm glad you glad you brought this. I'm glad you played it because this is my problem with New Tang Dynasty. They have the exact same information in almost the exact same uh, amount of seconds as ABC. But Martha just makes it sound that much more exciting. The Navy has foiled a brazen attempt by Iran to capture a U.S. drone. It was a four-hour confrontation playing out in the Persian Gulf. ABC's Martha Raddatz has the video. The Iranian military vessel had the American drone in its clutches. I mean, come on, right off the bat, it's in its clutches. This is so much better than your news. Your news is no good. The military vessel had the American drone in its clutches, Clutches. latching on and towing it through the waters of the Arabian Gulf. She should have said dragging it. The captured sea drone explorer is an unarmed, unmanned vessel equipped with sensors, radar, and cameras to collect data. And once the U.S. Navy saw Iran was trying to steal it, their response was quick. The USS Thunderbolt approaching the Iranian ship, nearly pulling up alongside it. The standoff lasted hours until the Iranians finally disconnected the tow line, releasing the drone. You gotta admit, that's how you report that story. Yeah, if you're going to be mainstream media and dramatize, which is yes. exactly what that was. Which is exactly what we do. Dramatize the news. That's what we do. We, we, we pull this, these dramatizations apart and mock them. Yeah. Um, there's, and, but by the way, did I see Valerie Jarrett in some cabinet meeting? You know, the one where, where the Joe walks in and then Jill Biden's in there. Isn't she in a lot of cabinet meetings? I thought I I've seen her before. I didn't know that she, I mean, it's all the Obama people. They just, Susan Rice. Oh, yeah, they got Jared, they got the twerp, and they got two or three other all Obama and, uh, people. Yeah. And what's the, the DHS lady who we don't like, The uh, who's back, who surfaced again? Oh, uh, I don't know who this one is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She worked with uh, Napolitano. Yeah, she's the assistant. Uh, oh, part of the. Uh, she's the assistant the uh, attorney general. She's assistant attorney general. Oh, right, right. Uh, Donna Brazil. No, no, not Donna Brazil. Uh, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. What's her name? Uh, yes, yes, yes. They keep mentioning her name. She's the assistant wow. attorney general, and her name is. I know. Come on, it? chat room or no, the trolls, troll give rooms. Us the name. They're all. They're all doing other things. They, yeah, I was doing something else, man. Oh, because she's been mentioned two or three times, and I brought it up that she's, what the, what's gonna, she doing there? Lisa gonna, Monaco. Lisa Monaco. There you go. You beat the trolls. I did. With one hand Just behind your back. using my little brain. With one hand, <laughs> one hand behind your back. And... Uh, there's more going on in the region from Iran. We go to Iraq. Violent protests have turned deadly in Iraq after a prominent Shiite cleric resigned from politics. At least oh, yeah. 15 people were killed as they clashed with security forces in Baghdad and beyond. A nationwide curfew is now in place. The cleric supporters stormed the government palace 
even swimming in the pool there. They didn't really mention that they've blown up walls of the green zone. That's not being reported. This is uh, this is a story we have to look at. I'm going to have to go to El Jazeera this next. No, you're going to have to you're going to have to go to Baghdad. We're sending you on on location. Uh, the problem we're having is that the U.S. government does not want, want our media reporting this story. That the green story, zone is, is blowing all, up. They're, they're having a revolution in Iraq, and they're going to yeah. put in this cleric, yeah. and it's going to be a mirror image of Iran, except it's going to be Sunnis instead of Shiites. Part of this is to get yeah. the Iranians out of there. Yeah. Yeah, this is not good. Uh, and it's... Uh, no, this is not good. It's not being reported. Trump, I'm, I'm Trump, actually top shocked secret that you have documents, a clip. Top secret documents. Trump, Trump, Trump. That's all that we're allowed to listen to. Yeah, and look, we have a photo of the of the do- some of them on a rug. <laughs> on a rug, just strewn look, about. Look at the photo of a rug. Oh, no, no, rug. By the way, that rug looks like a casino rug. <laughs> well, that could totally be Trump's rug. <laughs> that's, no, that's I'm sure it is. Character. I think what happened when he you know, used to own these casinos that he... Hey, let's buy, do a little, you know, buy a few extra yards and we'll use it in offices. By the way, I, 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 my overall opinion from uh, Trump, former President Trump, is that he, he too is an archivist. I've seen his offices. His office, I think, might resemble one of your offices. You know, piles of stuff, stuff over here, over there, tchotchkes everywhere. Don't you think he's an archivist? He's kind of a, a semi hoarder. Never thought of it. I mean, never thought of it. You look at his office in New York when he was running, and they had the Taco Bowl. Remember that? The he was doing the for for Cinco de Mayo. He was like, "Hey, everybody, well, his airplane's pretty clean." Yeah, but his office, his office, your airplane's clean too. You don't mess up the jet, but your office. Well, that's a difference. We've never seen it, of course. We're not allowed to. We're so embarrassed. People have seen it. I haven't. Your partner. They've- they run screaming. <laughs> um, do you have, uh, before we go? I, I yeah, you'll think less of me if you see my office. I, I disagree. I mean, I, I think I could only think higher of you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, how many offices, how many offices that you know of, anybody you know, actually have in the office a gong? A gong. I have a gong in my office. A Trump might have one. I have an actual gong. And it's in the office. I love that some trolls going like, wait, wait, John has a plane? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. John has a what? John has a plane. Oh, yeah. John, oh, yeah. John has a plane. Yeah, it's, it's just a Gulf Stream. It's, it's no big deal. It's a G4. It's old. It can't even keep up. It's an, used. Um, yes. It's, a, it's an occasion. Uh, okay. Do you have anything on uh, sterilizing our young children? Do you have anything? Uh, no, uh, I have no. Thanks to libs of TikTok being kicked off Twitter for a uh, while. Your source is dried up. From here and there. That's my source for <laughs> these things. Your source is dried up. That's horrible. Well. Yeah, I was relying. This is an g- example of relying too much on Russian gas. Same thing. Yeah. Well, I have one clip, which is from your neck of the woods, uh, from the GCC in San Francisco. You familiar with the GCC? You should. Uh, you G- should be. You should be. What's, what's it stand for? Oh, the Gender Confirmation Center. Oh, the Gender Confirmation. No, I'm not. You haven't been been by? You should swing by. I should swing by, but then they may grab me. Next thing you know, I'm, I'm speaking with a high voice. You, next thing you know, you're an admiral. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Scott Mosser will speak for a minute and a half 
about uh, what they do over there at the Gender Confirmation Center in San Francisco. So I'm uh, super committed to gender surgery. In the past, I used super to do committed. cosmetic surgery. Now, you, you really got to listen to this guy. We can stop okay, it. I'm sorry, but super committed stopped me in my tracks. We have to listen. How is that different than committed? Well, this when guy- you're committed, you're committed, right? You're committed. That means you're all in. How can you be super committed? Uh, because it's um, for this guy, he has convinced himself that this bonanza of cash uh, is justified because he's also helping people. And okay. I, I will make a judgment. All right, I'm, I'm sorry. I will not say another word throughout. No, no, the clip. no, no. You can. We'll have to. We will have to. Um, but I was going to set it up by saying, I know plastic surgeons. Um, I've uh, uh, given a lot of money to plastic surgeons for my uh, for my ex wives, and these guys are very prof wives. You, you use the word plural. I said wives. Yes, for my ex wives. So Mickey had plastic surgery. That I can neither confirm nor deny. But that's not okay, the point. Continue, it's not continue. the point. That is just gossips. It's just gossips. Uh, you know, it's not just face, you know, there's all kinds of other places where plastic surgery oh. takes place. And, but these guys are profit driven. So when I hear a guy who pivots from cosmetic surgery to sterilization of children, and then is talks about being super committed. I think this is the kind of guy that is a problem. Here we go. So I'm uh, super committed to gender surgery. In the past, I used to do cosmetic surgery. I'm a board-certified uh, plastic surgeon. And I've always been drawn to things that are deeply impactful. In the GCC, Gender Confirmation Center in San Francisco, we kind of have these like secret missions. These, now, now that it's on the slide, these public secret missions, which are, uh, one of them is that we try, to, we try to live with our values 30 to 40 years in the future. So, and that puts us in a mindset of um, extreme affirmation affirmation at that time is a foregone conclusion. This is a time in the future when gender is just a thing. Nobody makes a big deal out of it. People are being screened as children and adolescents for their gender journey and appropriate steps are taken to get them involved in a multidisciplinary process to get them where they need to go. That's that's the future. Um, I do not have a minimum age of any sort in my practice. There's no chronological age that says you don't get surgery. Now, having said that, I don't think I've ever done a consult on a 12-year-old yet, but we would if one came our way. <laughs> throw, throw your 12-year-old our way. We just haven't had reason to. Um, and then we've done a number of 13-year-olds who, who we did consults on. I think I've done one or two 13-year-old surgeries. For the most part, it's 14 and up that by the time everything comes together plus insurance approval plus everything ah. that surgery actually gets completed um, we do not require any particular identity we only require that somebody has gender dysphoria and uses a multidisciplinary process for us to yeah. assess yeah. there you go your neck of the woods and 12 we take a 12 year old uh, hey as long as the insurance uh, as long as we get the insurance done it's good to go Th this I don't know what to say to that clip. I'm not giving you a clip of anything, that's for sure. It's no. disgusting. I, I, I think we should just leave it for what it is, take a beat, keep some silence so people can, so, so let that sink in. Why don't you feel that for a moment? Why don't you marinate in it? I'm going to show my support by donating to no agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on no agenda. 
So we have to remind everybody that we have uh, Adam's birthdays on this Saturday when the newsletter comes out, and uh, we did do an advance on that, and you got a lot of birthday donations. Oh, really? Oh, that's quite nice. A bit. Oh, that's nice. In fact, I'm going to have you read that the list 58s? of the birthdays. Yeah, I'd love to do the 58s. Absolutely. Yeah, let's do that. But let's start off with Anonymous in Virginia Beach, 9185. Uh, he's got a birthday coming up. Uh, and he has some jobs karma. We'll put you that at the end for you. Curtis Cool, <clears throat> K-U-H-L. Uh, there should be a guy here uh, named Joe Cool with that spelling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 8031. I hopefully Curtis will name his kid Joseph. <laughs> East Stradeborg, Pennsylvania. Huh. And uh, he wants to add Olivia to the birthday list, which we do as she oh, turns 11. She's there. Isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sir Kevin McLaughlin shows up right at the top. Lover of uh, America and Boobs, the Locust, North Carolina, 8008. Simon Palawada is also at 8008, and he's in West Hartford, Connecticut, and he's got a uh, knighthood. Uh, what is this? Here's a boob. I allocate 6969 to my knighthood with the remaining t- penny. Oh, he's got... A, he's got uh, yeah, I got the Some penny. extra money, like a yeah. bunch of money for your penny jar. I got it. Oh, another one. Thanks. Beautiful. So, he will be Sir Simon of the New Eng- New England IPAs with New Park Brews at the round table. You bet it. You bet. You bet. You bet. It's all good. Max uh, Wyndham in Spring, Texas, 6969. Craig Kohler in Evansville, Indiana, 6502. Chad Hewitt in Folsom, 6006. Jamie Buell, 6006 in Vista, California. 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 Uh, Thomas Gould in Palm Harbor, Florida. And now we have $58 donations to celebrate Adam Curry's 58th, birth- 58th birthday on this Saturday. And we'll finish this group off on Saturday or on the next show on Sunday. But we're going to ask for uh, continued support. And this is a great way to do it. And I, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. I feel a lot of love. And it's great that I'm 58. It's like 58 bucks. It's fantastic. Thank you. Sir, hold my beer. Yeah. is an awesome The older Texas. you get, the more money you make. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, happy birthday, sir. Hold my beer. Uh, we have Florian Enke from Deutschland, Recklingshausen. Thank you very much, uh, ITM. Uh, Gregory Love Jones from Buxton, Derbyshire in, in the UK. These are all 58s. Galloway, Ohio, Megan Carlotta. Happy birthday from Jam. Uh, Dame Jen of the Free Republic of England from Ross-on-Wye in Hertfordshire, GB. Uh, thank you very much. Um, Aaron Gruner or Grun, from Mead, uh, Nebraska. Brian Palmer, Los Angeles, California. Uh, Sir Dem from Shasta Lake, California. Cerveza from the backside of Pikes Peak in Florissant, uh, Colorado. Um, thank you very much. St. Peter's, Missouri is John Sextro. Kim Burden from Greenville, Michigan. Mike Robinson from Salem, Oregon. Dame Christina Pearl of the Clear Blue Skies and Sir Robert Charles of Deputy Indiana. Uh, we have the Rick from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, thank you. Rochester, New York. Sir Carl with a K, Baron of Hochul's internment camp of New York. We have Carrie Wedell from Elizabeth, Colorado. Noah Wattenmacher, Three Rivers, California. Walter Hilbeck from Essen in Deutschland. Robert Case, Columbus. Jennifer Wilson, Calgary, Alberta. 
uh, Crystal Coleman, Everett Washington. We have Sir Jofo, the plundering knight, who also uh, adds himself to the birthday list on the 15th. Thank you very much, Sir Mike from Georgetown, Texas. Uh, he says, thank you for podfathering, deconstructing with John and podcasting 2.0. Stay dangerous, uh, Sir Mike of Georgetown. Uh, Aaron Tanner, Humble, Texas. Jennifer Jones, Mount Vernon, Washington. Sir Dude Chink, Bastrop, Texas. Dame Slamy, Bastrop, Texas. Sir Kevin McLaughlin, lover of uh, Duke of Luna, lover of America and boobs. Uh, an extra donation from him, Locust, uh, North Carolina. Stephen Crummy from El Cajon, California, Gerald Preston, Bennington, New England, uh, Nebraska, Asta Batista, Canab, Utah, Canab, Canab, Utah, John Greer, Enterprise, Alabama, John Alberini, Forest, Forestville, California, Jamie or Jaime, uh, Chacon, The Woodlands, Texas, Kent Marty, Chokio, Minnesota, Jake Davis in Hawaii, Aya, Sir Kyle of Bertram, the three donkeys, and the three donkeys in Bertram, Give Texas. Give over a shot. That, that was it, yes. The, Jake Davis was the last one. And thank you all so much. Yes, El Cajon, by the way. El Cajon. Yeah, well, thanks, yes. El yeah, Cajon. that's a good list. It's a great some, list. You got 50 people there or something. Okay, thank well, Sir so Kyle much. of Bertram and uh, the three donkeys in Bertram, Texas, came in with 5358. Uh, and he does say, happy birthday, you old fart. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess it kind of counts. David D. Clemente in Cincinnati, 5233. Preston Isaacson in Boca Raton, Florida, as my voice goes. <laughs> I'll clear it. Uh, Preston Isaacson in Boca Raton, 5033. The following people are $50 donors, and I'll plow through them. Frank Rossi, Long Beach, California. Julie Mindeo, Costa Mesa. Brent Chickey in Lake Worth, Florida. Kyle Mon in Cincinnati, Ohio. Jill Woods in Ocean Grove, New Jersey. Uh, Herbert Hess in Spring, Texas. Jason Marrer in Portland, Oregon. Valan Chan in Lincoln, UK. Uh, Tony Lang in Castle Pines, Colorado. Andrew Sawyer in Duncan, BC. Uh, Andrew Watson in Fairhope, Alaska. Shane Grubb. Grubb. In Cleveland, Tennessee, Stephen Abbott in Viroqua, Wisconsin, and I pronounced that wrong, um, Claire Thornhill in Toronto, Ontario, Ray Howard in Kremling, Kremling, Colorado, Amy Zipkin in Greensboro, Georgia, Joseph Barnes in Oakland, California, Brett Farrell, Sir Brett Farrell, who I believe is in uh, OKC or Florida, and last but not least, Aichi. Kitagawa there in San Francisco. I want to thank all these folks for making show 1484 uh, or 82 uh, a possibility and a reality. Thank and, you very much. And a huge success. And I really appreciate all the birthday wishes. That's really kind. And thanks again to the executive and associate executive producers who we thanked uh, earlier. And of course, thanks everybody who came in under $50 for reasons of anonymity, or you could be on one of those sustaining donations. They do help a lot during the slower days, like when it's not our birthday. If you'd like to learn more, go to Dvorak.org slash N-A. Go Karma. I think some people might appreciate that. You've got Karma. Somebody somebody did request Jobs Karma, so it'd be nice. Jobs Jobs, jobs, and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. You saw karma. All right. It's your birthday, birthday. On
and we say happy birthday. Actually, Curtis Cool says happy birthday to his daughter Olivia, 11, uh, yesterday. Anonymous, happy birthday to his sister Kelly, also yesterday. Sarah Marshall, happy birthday to Trent Trueblood, celebrated yesterday. Derek Campbell, 50 today. Sean Douglas turns 47 tomorrow. Sir Jofo, the plundering knight, will celebrate on the 5th. We congratulate Anonymous. And, of course, we say happy birthday to Angie. Angie, we don't know when or what or how many, but happy birthday from all your friends here at the best podcast in the universe. Only one change today, and uh, we caught it. Luckily, that is Sir Jimmy of uh, Free Hollow Books, uh, freehollowbooks.com. He becomes a baronet today, and we congratulate him and thank him for his uh, for a lot of support he has given us over many, many years uh, from his uh, Free Hollow Books and uh, just for being who he is and propagating the formula. We have, uh, what do we have? We got uh, three nights here today, so this will be good. Let's get three up on stage. Gentlemen, I got your your packages ready by request. Do you have an, uh, a blade for these fine gents? It's right here. I got a blade right here. It's a good one. Ooh, very nice. Thank you. All right. Join me, please, up here on the podium. Uh, Keenan Cassidy, David Dickman, and Simon Palawoda. Gentlemen, all three of you support the No Agenda Show in the amount of $1,000 or more. I'm very proud, therefore, to pronounce thee as Sir Cass, ringleader of the clown world, Sir Dave of the Clay Pits, and Sir Simon of New England IPAs. By request, gentlemen, we have ribeyes and red wine, the 2005 Richborg, popcorn and ice cream, and New Park brews. Along with that, you might enjoy our game and sake, Ruben S. Women and Rosé, vodka and vanilla, bong hits and bourbon, sparkling cider and escorts, maybe even our ginger ale and gerbils, but for sure, mutton and mead is always high on the list. And uh, after you're done um, consuming the mutton and the mead and your request, go to noagendanation.com slash rings. Uh, you can find out all about the rings there. You can take a look at them. You can also send us your information so we know where to send it, what ring size. And again, uh, with that comes your wax to seal your important correspondence with. It is a signet ring and your certificate of authenticity. And we really appreciate this help. We appreciate the knights and dames of the No Agenda Roundtable. And thank you, gentlemen, for joining today. No Agenda And the party is underway at Brew City Beer, Bikes, and Band in at Middle Time Pub, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, today. Tomorrow, Columbus, Central Ohio, meet up at 6.30 at Lucky's Grill and Sports Bar. On my birthday, Saturday, the 33NA meetup, that is Brockport, New York. The London Take Courage, 2 o'clock UK summertime at the Angel in London. Uh, the Paris of Tennessee, Lies, Lils, Lils Bar and Grill, I think, Lies Bar and Grill. That'll be in Paris, Tennessee. Big friendly meetup, 6 o'clock, the Collective in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Bamberg, Germany. Hello, Deutschland. 6 o'clock, Bolero in Bamberg and Bayern. Oh, please go to that if you're around. We've got so many cool German listeners, producers. And then Sunday, our next show, the annual Pig Roast South Jersey. Woohoo! That's a that's at a private residence. If you're in Jersey, if you're South Jersey, that would be the one to go to. Uh, Dame one of the lakes, beautiful. Uh, we have uh, meetups uh, throughout uh, the United States and the rest of the world, and sometimes people send us a report. Here's the flight of the No Agenda from uh, I think it's Los Angeles uh, or Cat. No, let's see. It was they were at a train meetup, if I recall. Hey everybody, it's Leo Bravo at the No Agenda meetup in the morning. Hey, this is Seth. 
Dutch Exile in California and future night of the peanut gallery. Thank you for your courage. This is Steven of the Orange Curtain, and I know you can hear that. Hey, uh, we just uh, saw some trains of borax go by. You know, they use that in nuclear power plants. FJB. This is Gaylord and Salvo Seed Report. Seven engines in the front, two in the back. The economy is good. In the morning, we got the bugs coming straight to California. In the morning. Yeah. Woo, listen to that horn. This is John at the No Agenda in Santa Fe, Fullerton, California. And I am definitely not the spook. Angie from the ranch in the morning. James Wagner, friends. This is Widow Garrett, where Confucius say the C stands for choo-choo in the morning. Man, they worked real hard on putting that together. I appreciate the edits and the (laughs) re-edits. Thank you to all of our producers. This is all producer-organized. We do have a knight who took it, Sir Daniel took it upon himself to create No Agenda. Uh, meetups.com for those of you new to the value for value model this is how it works time talent treasure and these i mean look people are meeting their lifetime mates at these places people are using them to weed out the riffraff on dates what are you waiting for no agenda meetups.com if you can't find one near you start one yourself it's easy and beneficial sometimes you want to go hang out with all the nights and days I have a feeling you were so overclipped that you did you bring a lot of ISOs to the show today? You got a lot of ISOs. What do you have? Just two. Oh, okay. And not that good. Oh, two. Okay. What, let's, what's your first? Although they might be great compared to yours. Why don't you play yours? <laughs> no, so no. Why don't you play yours? I'm always playing mine first. You okay, play. Okay, I got mine. Let's start with. Let's start with water. Please stay safe. Do not drink the water. Mm. It's a little, yeah. little long and chopped up. Did you have to chop that, or is that how it came out? Sounds no, like I had to chop it. Okay. Well, bad chop. And I did not know. I didn't know it was possible. Yeah, no, no, I can blow you out of the water. I don't think that's even worth considering. We have an Elon laugh. <laughs> mm. uh, this one. Mice aren't people. Mice aren't people. Or the clear winner. Putin cannot win this war. I think that's got to be the winner. Well, I'm not a big fan of it. No? Well, which Uh, one do you like, then? I kind of like the mice one a little bit. We'll play it again. Mice aren't people. I like that one. It's got clear. Yeah. It's to the point. It's It's not echoey. Yeah, well, let me uh, let me echoey. jack it up. Let me jack it up a bit. Let me give it a little more, uh, you know, this uh, this roadcaster. I can just do everything. I can jack everything the way I want it. Let's see how we go here. Mice aren't people. Yeah, I think that'll do. That'll do. That's really good. Okay. Um, okay. Do we have... St- there, I have stuff left, man. There's tons of stuff. War on guns. Uh, Rainbow fentanyl. This is my favorite. We've been following the rainbow fentanyl. Have you taken any rainbow fentanyl? 
No, why would we want to take white rainbow fentanyl? Well, because uh, kids love it. Well, tonight, a warning about colorful pills and powder that look like candy or sidewalk chalk, but it's actually the highly addictive and lethal drug fentanyl. It's being called rainbow fentanyl. Just this month, it was seized by law enforcement officials in 18 states. Investigators say drug cartels in Mexico and elsewhere are using candy colors to try and get young people hooked. Officials say if you find fentanyl in any form, call 911 immediately. I'm not trying to get young people no, trying to smuggle it in. Yeah, total horse crap. And by the way, this is just for part of people like the Netherlands, which are the, as you know, is the uh, the narco state, the crime capital of the European Union. Uh, they are responsible for most MDMA pills for all the ecstasy, etc. And they are they're they're super experts at creating colorful pills, and it's it's just something for the partiers, you know. It's not for kids. Like oh the, yeah. oh, I'm going to go eat some colored stuff now. And if anything, that's a dis- yeah. If anything, that's a I, disingenuous I, bullshit report on CBS's part. I think it's also it may be someone who just wants to draw attention to yeah. But this was the whole this was reporting every oh they're trying to get kids hooked. Well, I don't think so. Yeah, kids got no money. <laughs> fentanyl Jeez. is not expensive. The problem well, is besides fent- that, they're, 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 the kid's going to have fifty cents in his pocket. They got no money. The problem with uh, with fentanyl is that you don't know. You, you think you're getting some coke or something else, or or oh, um, yeah, that's the problem. Or um, what do you call it? Uh, what's the the bar of Xanax? And it's in Z- in the fake Xanax. That's the problem. Oh, I didn't know that. That's funny. And in Austin, they just they just oh, it's on the side of a church. I should get the clip for that. Uh, the first, maybe the first in the country, certainly the first attached to a church, a Narcan vending machine. I mean, how cool are we here or in there in Austin? (laughs) A Narcan vending machine. So the queen's disappeared again, but now she's in Balmoral. Okay. There's a clip. You don't have to play it. it. I I want to hear hear the queen, but I just didn't know where it was. Oh, the queen. Yes, the queen. She's dead, but okay. For the first time in her seven-decade reign, Queen Elizabeth will not be at her London home, Buckingham Palace, to appoint the UK's next prime minister. Villa Marx has more. The monarch regularly spends part of the summer at a Scottish castle called Balmoral, and it's there her office says that she'll hold her final meeting with outgoing Prime Minister Boris Johnson and appoint his successor, the 15th of her reign. The Conservative Party will announce its newly selected leader on September 5th, and it will be either the current Foreign Minister Liz Truss or former Finance Minister Rishi Sunak. According to convention, Johnson would then announce his resignation the following day before offering it formally to the 96-year-old monarch, who's been struggling with her mobility in recent months. (laughs) Oh, is that what they call it these days? Mobility? When you're dead? Hey, wait, you can't play the end out because I do have an important clip and it's, it's time sensitive. Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't give me any indication of such. I said it earlier. Here's the National Cinema Day. Have you heard about this? This is only the beginning. I don't have any discussion. I just clipped the beginning that counts. $3 movie tickets are coming soon to a theater near you this Saturday. We're talking any show, Saturday. any format, including IMAX at more than 3,000 participating theaters. It's being billed as a celebration, National Cinema Day. Ooh, I'm so excited. I'm not going to go to National oh. Cinema Day. No, of course not. Save all that money. It's only three bucks. Not going to happen. Uh, now I lost all of my, uh, my connection, so I'm not actually sure what's coming up next on noagendastream.com. Sorry about that. 
We had a little outage. I'll tell you this, it's going to be dynamite. Oh, it's always dynamite, and it's probably live. It's crazy. It's crazy, I tell you. Um, end of show mixes. We've got Dee's Laughs, Jesse Coy Nelson, who's on a re- rebound, return, Sound Guy Steve with a classic for y'all. And coming to you from the heart of the Texas Hill Country here in FEMA Region Number 6, uh, where I'll be celebrating my 58th birthday in just a couple of days. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where we're supposed to have this huge heat spell that's sweeping the nation. Uh, so far, I see nothing. I'm John C. Dvorak. We return on Sunday right here with another deconstruction of your world and your media on the No Agenda Show. Please remember us at Dvorak.org slash NA. Until then, adios, mofos, and such. I feel like I'm Kobe in the morning. I got no agenda. Puffy needs your hat. Also known as the most fun show in the city First Thursday comedy bar uh, Can you feel me? The concussion put a damper on my week Not doing my usual routine uh, I felt weak Richie Rich scooped me up in a Tesla 3 Blown away with 22 and 12 camera technology I said it's wild that my boy had to deal with your wacky jacky Sent him out the house at 10 at night to grab some saltfish and mackie uh, I'm trying to do this for 52 weeks Man, I weak like that Biden pull-out game plan in Afghanistan They're playing crimes against humanity Your levels are off the charts Can I have my 2019 sanity? John and Adam save us from the empire Them calamity Ecclesiastes hold of living with the vanity A vanity Kanye said it once I'ma say it twice Jesus walks like Mel Gibson Uh, I got a passion for the Christ We'll see you Thursday Uh, uh Come your Thursday Uh See you then no agenda comedy, uh, you'll bring a friend. When you subsidize something, you get more of it. More students apply to college so schools raise tuition. Tuition cost has risen at triple the rate of inflation. Schools use that money to attract more students and more tax money. Who is paying for this? What we are saying is that the work that this administration has done, the work that the Democrats in Congress has done, is actually there. And you see that the $1.7 trillion uh, and deficit of production that you see is, is going to benefit us. But when you forgive debt, you're not just disappearing debt. So but, who is paying for but, this? And then I'll give you the second part. Oh, my God! Tonight, Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin. 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 Not, not a Putin. 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 Russians. Putin. Putin. Russia. Vladimir Putin. 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 Vladimir Putin. Ukraine. Putin. President Putin. Vladimir Putin. is Vladimir Putin. Ukraine. Putin. Ukraine. Russia. President Biden. Putin. Vladimir Putin. Ukraine. Vladimir Putin. Zelensky. The Ukrainians. Putin. Putin. President Biden. Vladimir Putin. Russia. The Ukraine. Putin. Putin. What was Ukraine? Who was Ukraine? Where was Ukraine? President Putin. President Zelensky. Joe Biden. Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin. President Zelensky, Vladimir Putin, Russia, Vladimir Putin, Ukraine, Vladimir Putin, bombing Ukraine, Russian President Vladimir Putin, Russia, Ukraine, Putin said, Ukraine says, when it comes to Ukraine, Putin invaded Ukraine, what Putin wants, helping Ukrainians defend their democracy, Ukraine, brutal invasion of Ukraine, President Vladimir Putin, the Russian offensive against Ukraine continues, Russian atrocities, President Zelensky of Ukraine, 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 I really hope that you and President 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 Putin get together and can solve your problem, that would be a 
tremendous achievement, and I know you're trying to do that. Did you underestimate Vladimir Putin's intention to press on with his brutal assault on Ukraine? And Russia. Russian missiles continue to rain down on the port city of Odessa. More scenes of carnage in Ukraine. Ukraine is a centrally located strategic country in Europe. Donald Trump repeatedly asked his Ukrainian counterpart, Vladimir Zelensky, to investigate the former vice president, Russia's president, Vladimir Putin. Do we need to be prepared for the continued destruction of Ukrainian cities? Putin is the great disruptor. Putin's military is, is falling apart. There's a price to pay for peace and democracy. Please, again, my request, don't trust Putin. The best podcast in the universe. Mopo. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Mice aren't people.